This podcast is part of the TPS Radio Sports Podcast Network at www.tpsradio.net. Jokes, Mr. Jokey, Joke Maker. And Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ Sexy. This is my boomstick. The showdown begins now. Guys, good evening. Welcome to another edition of Sunday Night Showdown right here on the SNS Radio Network. Of course, I am Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ Sexay, and I'm being joined, of course, by uh, the greatest stand-in in wrestling history. Oh, wait, that's old school. But, hey, it's an old school kind of week, Dave. I know you're giving me that crazy look, but... <laughs> Well, the, the WWE's been on this old school kick, and I figure, you know, for tonight only, maybe we should be on an old school kick as well. But uh, the greatest stand-in in internet wrestling radio history, ladies and gentlemen, Internet Dave Standish is in the house. JSK still doesn't know who I am. Well, 15 years after Wrestling News Live started, and still nobody knows who the hell you are. So, was anything ever really accomplished there? Probably not. Uh, also joining me in studio, we have uh, the lovely, beautiful, and vivacious... Harmony, boom, boom, sex, eh? What a great intro. Thank you. And uh, joining us shortly will be uh, the man who likes to swim in the shallow waters here in Calgary, Alberta. Although, I think he's kind of iced up, considering we've got about a foot, at least, of snow on the ground right here in uh, in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. So, uh, very interesting. Mark the Shark DiCarlo will be joining us momentarily for the broadcast of the Survivor Series right here tonight on Sunday Night Showdown. As like we're starting things off with uh, a United States title match. We've got Maurice being accompanied by Ted DiBiase Jr., uh, who's going to be challenging Daniel Bryan for the United States Championship right here on the show. And I think this might be the best way to kick off the show, Dave. You know what? I, I like this matchup a lot. Uh, this is a rematch from Monday Night Raw from about three weeks ago, I believe two or three weeks ago, where... Uh, previously, Ted DiBiase Jr. got distracted by Goldust 
and Oksana, so hopefully he'll be a little bit more concentrated this evening. And if these guys can pull off what Daniel Bryan uh, and Dolph Ziggler did at the beginning of the previous show, brag bragging rights, uh, we're in for a hell of a, a start. And you have to think that Caval and Dolph Ziggler for the Intercontinental title could be or should be just as good. You know what? I think Dolph Ziggler and Caval for the Intercontinental Championship could be the sleeper match of the night. I mean, what a great contest they had this past week on SmackDown uh, with Caval getting the roll-up win or the bridge roll-up win uh, over Dolph Ziggler and then basically cashing in his NXT win where he got a match of his choosing at a pay-per-view of his choosing. And uh, come the end of tonight, quite frankly, we could be seeing a new Intercontinental Champion in the NXT Season 2 winner, Caval. And then maybe he joins the Nexus. Oh, no, well, probably not. I doubt that very much. But uh, you know what? The first couple of rows, including uh, Mr. Sign Guy, who's not in the front row uh, tonight, is uh, really uh, giving it to Maurice here in uh, Miami, Florida tonight. A place a lot warmer than uh, Calgary, Alberta, Canada. I guess the question in everybody's mind is, who isn't giving it to Maurice? Or who hasn't <laughs> given it to Maurice? Uh-oh. Did we uh, lose our light? Oh, we lost our lighting for about 10 seconds, and now it's back. Yeah, and everybody's on the pay-per-view, not the studio. Yes, the pay-per-view, the arena, the American Airlines Arena, home of the Florida Panthers, uh, lost its uh, lighting for about 10 seconds. But we're, we're back to normal, of course. Uh, could we have ever imagined, even for a second, that it would make people recall the night that uh, they had an entire in-your-house pay-per-view with no power, uh, the night that... Uh, there was a gigantic rainstorm where, uh, if you could see through the darkness, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Savio Vega have a fantastic hardcore match that evening. Uh, refresh my memory. Was that not the night that Shawn Michaels defended against the British Bulldog? Wasn't it like Beware of Dog or something? I think it was Beware of Dog, but wasn't that... Uh, well, I, I, rem I remember... I thought it was... I thought it was uh, Brett and the uh, and the Bulldog, but I remember Bulldog bleeding up a storm that night because he got he got cut up the hard way that evening. Well, I, I do know that the the Bret Hart and uh, Davy Boy match you're talking about was the December '95 pay per view, and they put on a hellacious match. And yes, it was a bloodbath. But I think the one you're talking about was in '96. It was the uh, Beware of Dog. I think it was the first encounter between uh, Davy Boy Smith. And uh, Shawn Michaels for the for the WWE Championship. Yeah, I, I, I remember that whole series of, of matches where it was basically the Bulldog, Brett, Diesel, and Shawn all faced each other over a six month period. Everybody faced everybody, and the Bulldog got three ch separate chances and went over three. But uh, I remember that series of matches being great. But I think a lot of people, if if you ask them to recall that evening, once they recall the night that uh, that the <laughs> that the lights went out because of the excessive rainstorm, uh, Stone Cold and uh, Savio will be their number one memory of that evening. Whatever happened to Savio Vega? Isn't he an agent with TNA right now? Didn't he die? No, he didn't die. Sean and Bulldog, uh, thanks to Latino718. And apparently this is only the home of the uh, the Heat and the, the Panthers play somewhere else. I'll have to double check on that. I guess Corrected? I'm, I guess I'm not the hockey fan I thought I was. Anyway, although, I mean, the Florida Panthers have stunk for quite a while, so not too much reason to pay attention to them. But as, but we get into it here. Ted DiBiase Jr. against Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, or Daniel Danielson, 
whichever name you prefer. And uh, looks like a sold-out crowd here. As, uh, we're only going to have one traditional Survivor Series five-on-five strive-to-survive match tonight, JJ, but and, and it features the only SmackDown competitors, but I would say that makes sense considering we had Raw versus SmackDown at Bragging Rights just a month ago, and there have been a lot of good build, built-up matches on uh, Monday Night Raw for for this evening, including this contest itself, uh, John Morrison and Sheamus, and the uh, the tag team championship, Santino and Kozlov versus Gabriel and Slater. So it doesn't bug me that we're not seeing a Raw 5-on-5 five five because all of these matches have had uh, a reasonable build-up since Bragging Rights. You know, I'll agree with you there. Uh, I do like the fact that we at least have one throwback Survivor Series match. I mean, you know, there were rumors earlier this year that Survivor Series wasn't even going to take place. Uh, it was going to be something else, you know, uh, rather than Survivor Series. But before we get any further, I know Mark the Shark DiCarlo is not here, but we need to go ahead and break things down uh, before this match ends. We've got oh, Brian oh, Danielson, or Daniel Bryan, taking on Ted DiBiase for the United States Championship. Uh, Internet Dave, you start things off. Who goes over and why? You know what? I'm going to take Daniel Bryan. He's had a, a very low-key, routine type of title run, and the interest on, on the TV shows have been more about how his opponents have been built up rather than, than him between there and now. So uh, Daniel Bryan is my pick. Harmony, you go next. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Daniel Bryan as well. I don't think that it's time to take the championship off him yet. I'd, I'd like to see DiBiase win it, but I'm going to go with Daniel Bryan. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, you know change my pick from you guys. I, I, I think Daniel Bryan has a good chance of retaining here, but based on the fact that Maurice is at ringside, uh, oh my God, as Daniel Bryan takes a tumble out, suicide dive onto Ted Jr. on the outside, and I think Daniel may have seriously fucked up his shoulder as he is really clinching that in pain. Uh, he may have separated his shoulder right here on the pay-per-view. Uh, this goes exactly with my pick. I think that tonight, by hook or by crook, the man who needs that title more than anything, uh, Ted DiBiase Jr., walks away the new United States championship. Uh, United States champion. I mean, he has been lost in the shuffle for a long time. Having that title around his waist might actually put a little bit of importance on uh, on Ted Jr.'s single run, and it wouldn't help to have Maurice in his corner with that, but... Uh, my pick tonight in this pay-per-view match, I'm going with Ted DiBiase Jr. And, uh, ladies and gentlemen, making his way into the SNS studios, we have the one, the only, I think he skated on thin ice, Mark the Shark DiCarlo <laughs> is in the house. Well, I wasn't exactly uh, skating on thin ice, uh, JJ, but my car was trying to make it over to the uh, worldwide or international, if you will, studios of the SNS Radio Network. Um, there was more ice on the road than one of Trey Dog's famous double Jack Daniels and Coke. And I know he doesn't have much ice to deal with uh, down in Oklahoma. However, um, I know he's used to having a lot of ice in his alcoholic beverages. Now, I see that, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm, I'm, I apologize to the masses here on the SNS Radio Network uh, uh, for my lateness on the broadcast tonight. I did my best, and uh, here I am. First match on the card? May I make a quick pick? You may. You know, the the heat between the two of these over the last uh, couple of weeks uh, is somewhat more than the heat between Maurice's breasts. 
as we can plainly <laughs> see right now in the broadcast. And uh, having said that, um, I, I would like to make mention of the fact that I personally think that both DiBiase Jr. and Daniel Bryan have been doing an outstanding job, and I feel as though that Bryan has elevated uh, DiBiase's game somewhat. And, uh, you know, if you look at over the course of the last year who DiBiase has been wrestling with, this is good for him. And uh, having said all of that, uh, I'll go with Ted DiBiase Jr. to uh, gain a measure of victory over Daniel Bryan. As we see, guys, DiBiase sinking in the uh, million-dollar dream. Looks like he's going for Dream Street, but Brian reverses. Ooh. Oh, oh, so close. We've seen that so many times before from uh, guys like uh, Brett the Hitman Hart. Yes, uh, reverse that and uh, beautifully done. But Ted, with a brilliant spine buster, goes for the pin. One, two, and Daniel Bryan kicks out the last second. Yeah, Daniel Bryan, uh, the suicide dive out to the uh, out to the outside, landed hard on his right shoulder up against the. Uh, up against the barrier so uh he will feel that for a few days at least so the split of the pick myself and harmony have daniel bryan jj and the shark have ted dibiase so and and as far as the last pay-per-view prediction game we did now correct me if i'm wrong i had a perfect game with the minor exception of the match that was thrown out correct because it was a no contest basically correct so technically speaking, your record of quick picks on the last pay-per-view was absolutely perfect. Pretty much. It are we going to have to get Trey's lawyer back here, uh, Engelbert Sassafras, to, to make a ruling? Sassy. Uh, well, if we do, then I'll make sure to contact my boys at Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe and make sure that we counter any type of thing that Sassafras would ever dream of. Uh, JJ, are you aware of the fact that uh, the worldwide phenomenon... Um, has solicited a legal law firm to deal with his mass of legal issues. Were you aware of that fact? Uh, I have not. I just you know tuned to ten that shit out. ID was it was it at the the world famous law firm of Neil Bob and Bendover you're now dealing with? I believe so. Yeah, I can't. You admit to that? <laughs> Come on. Oh my god. Anyways, well, like I said, this is one of uh, eight matches this evening, and if. Uh, you're like the shark and tuning in a little bit late. Don't worry, you didn't miss a whole lot because there was a five-minute Cena video about will he or won't he. And, of course, the LaBelle lock being trying to lock in, to be locked in here by Brian, Brian Danielson. He has it in right in the middle, and wow. Ted DiBiase will tap out Jeez. to the LaBelle lock. Brian Danielson is... The winner and Maurice is not happy. Well, very good victory on the part of Daniel Bryan. I'll accept that loss. Very, very nicely done. He is still clinching his shoulder. I think he might have some legit injury. He's hurt. Look, if you can see the way his clavicle is, is poking out a little bit, then uh, uh, he's he's definitely hurt, JJ. And there's nothing like going perfect in quick picks on a previous pay-per-view and starting out on the rad, bad side of the fence. But that's okay. Well, I had last time. <laughs> Yeah. It was perfect last show. It there won't be go. perfect this time, uh, but it'll be close. JJ, on a completely different note, uh, how many years has it been here in Calgary, Alberta, Canada now? Four and a half years? Four and a half. Four, yeah. yeah, four and a half. And, and do you ever really get used to the brittly, brutally cold minus degrees here in Calgary? Do you ever get used to it? I don't. I, I really don't. <laughs> I uh, guess not. It's, it's not exactly oh. something... 
Oh, as The Miz comes in from behind with Alex Riley and both laying out Daniel Bryan with that uh, shot to the head, the briefcase, if you will, of The Miz to the head of Daniel Bryan. The Miz making his way down the ramp he's into gonna, the ring. He's not going to cash it now, is he? Well, well he Would can't. he really want the United States Championship? I don't think so. Well, consider, yeah, exactly. Why would he want to do that? Yeah, he's, no, I think he wants to use it for bigger and better things. Well, and he, he's could not that, on the card. Could that be ID? Uh, I know he's not on the card, so maybe... Well, we're going to get some mic time right now. Uh, by the way, Alex Riley, I don't know if you... Ex-con. Yeah, well, he had a bad week. Certainly any worse than any of our weeks. Alex Riley, and this is something I talked about last night on Unplugged, or the other night on Unplugged. Uh-oh, lighting issues. Oh, there we go. <laughs> not not in the studio, but in the arena. For, for the second time tonight. Uh, but here's the thing. As far as Alex Riley is concerned, uh, you know, he's in a high-profile angle right now as being a part uh you know being the for lack of a better term lackey of the miz and to be in that role and then to go out and get caught driving while under the influence what was he thinking i mean does he does the brother not make enough money he can't call a cab or or take a bus or i don't know i I, it just kind of bothers me especially when you think about um the week that was here in professional wrestling on Friday, there were six talents released. And you know what? And I suspect two things. One, if he wasn't in such a high-profile situation, that he would have been shown the door like many others, including Luke Gallows, who... Which, if you don't know, Luke Gallows will be on Wrestling News Live tomorrow night for a live interview. It won't be a pre-taped. He will be joining us at uh, midnight Eastern tomorrow night on Wrestling News Live, myself and the Trade Dog. So look for that to be a, a very interesting interview, and we'll definitely find out what is next in the career of Luke Gallows. And what happened. And that, and, too. And got some inside information. And you really think, now, DWI, DUIs were going around Calgary, actually, indirectly with the Calgary Flames this week because the uh, general manager's son <laughs> got nailed for a DUI down in Phoenix, Arizona, and three days later, J.J., was exiled in a, by a trade to the Carolina Hurricanes. So uh, uh, I think Alex Riley can uh, count his blessings and thank his lucky stars that, in fact, uh, he wasn't shown the door like, correct me if I'm wrong, six others were on Friday? Yeah, I, I think that he's lucky in the respect that he is in a high-profile angle. Do I think he's going to receive any uh, long-term punishment? Probably not. He's probably going to slap on the wrist this time, but if it happens again... Um, bye-bye. Bye-bye, Alex. Nice knowing you. Yeah, he, he probably ate humble pie every day since. But anyways. I'm, just, I, I'm looking through the chat room, and, you know, Straight Attitude says the WWE just shut down his stream. For a lot of you guys that are watching this show on illegal streams, <laughs> it, it's going to be a bad day for you because they are seriously uh, hammering down on the illegal pay-per-view streams. Google has been told... Not to have anything. I mean, they are shutting down streams as we speak. So it's a bad day to be a WWE fan if you're on an illegal stream. Sorry. One, one thing I'd like to mention with respect to those aforementioned illegal streams. This week, on Monday, WWE in Stamford, Connecticut, where everybody knows their, their home office is, hired an additional 15 employees to do nothing but... Nail illegal streams today. They're part-time employees, and they work on Saturdays and Sundays of pay-per-view weekend. And, uh, yeah, if you're having a problem with illegal stream, 
I mean, I got about 18 million I could tell you about, but certainly not on this program. Not that they're going to shut us down because we don't do anything illegal. Matter of fact, we put money in their pockets. Uh, well, comment yeah, well, and and, yes, and we're we not do. on UStream tonight, so uh. and and no, <laughs> not and we're not down. and we're not going to take the chance of joining UStream either. So. And, and obviously, none of the money that Michael Cole has made lately has gone to uh, the purchasing of decent ties. Wow. Well, as uh, it looks like we're about to prepare for either the tag match or the uh, Sheamus versus uh, John Morrison match at this point, but guys. Uh, yeah, we're through uh, one of eight matches. We'll tell you what they are. Uh, like, we need to remind you, Randy Orton versus Wade Barrett. Uh, free or fired. Don't forget about that. Kane and Edge for the World Heavyweight title. Lay Cool, Layla and Michelle versus Natalia in a handicap match for the Divas title. John Morrison and Sheamus. Uh, Justin Gabriel and Heath Slater against Santino and Kozlov. And, of course, the traditional five-on-five Survivor Series match. Rey Mysterio, Kofi Kingston, Chris Masters, Big Show, and MVP against Alberto Del Rio, Tyler Rex, Drew McIntyre, Jack Swagger, and Cody Rhodes. And let me stop you there. Let me stop you there. Since we're on a classic kick tonight, since we're going kind of retro, you know, it's been a retro week for the WWE. I'm a little disappointed they only had a one-day sale on Monday night to pick up classic merchandise. What the hell? Just make it available. We'll all buy the classic stuff because we love it. Really? They took it off WWEshop.com after one day? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Wow, that's no, kind you of... Can, uh, you can still buy it. They were just doing a special one-day-only pricing for the old-school stuff. So you could get the old-school merchandise at the old-school prices. Well, that, that's fair enough. And, and I trust... Um, I've had a busy week here in Calgary, and um, I apologize I didn't get a chance to listen to much of, other than about the first 20 minutes of uh, WNL this this last uh, Monday. But uh, I rather enjoyed... <laughs> I rather enjoyed Retro Raw or Old School Raw, uh, if you will, uh, this past Monday, even down to the wigs on the referees, the blue shirts, the, the, the ring. And, and if you're really a student of... WWE history, you'll you would have noticed that on one of the voiceover promos, it was done by the late great Lord Alfred Hayes, and uh, I caught that, and that was uh, that was a lot of fun. I, th- I think that they all in all, uh, JJ and guys, uh, they, they did an outstanding job at doing what they said that they were going to do with respect to making old school Raw exceedingly interesting. I still. Looking back and throughout the course of that evening, and I made mention of this to you, that in fact I was waiting for Vinnie Mac to, to show his face. It didn't happen, um, but I, I was fine. I, I, I had a great time, and it, good on, good on, uh, on the Fed for, for bringing in JR for, for the match that, that they did, and good on Michael Cole for shitting all over JR as he should have. I would agree with that, but uh, the point that I was alluding to, with with it being kind of raw retro and the fact that we do have one five-on-five classic Survivor Series match, I'm just not content to go down with Team Del Rio versus Team Mysterio. No, no, I'm not content for that. And I made mention of this on Unplugged this last Friday night, which if you're missing, you definitely check out the archive. But on Unplugged, I basically named these two teams. It's going to be Mysterio's Maniacs. Ah, yes, indeed. Taking on the team of Del Rio's Diablos. (laughs) 
Okay. I like that. The Maniacs versus the Diablos. Nice. God, it's nice. the XFL almost all over again. Only Internet Dave would pull out an obscure XFL reference. Hey, I, I paid attention to the XFL because a lot of uh, ex-Canadian guys were in that league. So uh, You paid a, lo- a, a lot of attention to the XFL. Well, there was more people like you, they might still be in existence. I think nobody paid attention to the XFL, Dave. Well, not not, not too many, anyways. That, <laughs> well, that's not, oh my god, nine years ago already since that, that came and gone, yeah. And you can still buy uh, at, at your local sports shop, at least in Calgary, you can still buy um, uh, the uh, classic jerseys and and shirts and hats. Yes, you can. The Memphis I see them Maniacs, all the, time. the Bur- yeah. Birmingham Thunderbolts. And it, the New York, New Jersey hitman, baby. And I bet you anything, ladies and gentlemen, somewhere in Internet Dave's closet at Casa de la Standish <laughs> is a jersey hanging in the closet that say he hate me. <laughs> Actually, uh, what, what was that guy's name uh, in reality? Because he, uh, he got a job with Carolina for quite a few years. I remember that. I he can't did. recall his name, but he did. Uh, it'll come to me. I'll think about it. He originally, before he became, he hate me and went to the XFL. He had uh, a couple of good seasons actually with Cincinnati Bengals. However, uh, I don't know. Is Trey Dog in the Rod chat? Rod Smart. That's it. Rod yeah. Smart. Yes. Yeah, yes. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Did somebody enlighten us in the chat? Yeah. Yeah. A couple people did. Okay. Good. Well, thanks to those <laughs> in the chat that were smart and gave us the name of Rod. Uh, I guess we may as well cover what's going on in the ring right now. We've got. Uh, the fella, Seamus, taking on uh, Jomo, the shaman of sexe, as most would say. It's borderline, you know. Bit of a bite there. It is. Yes. It's borderline, you know, gimmick infringement, but that's okay. Uh, moving on, we'll start things off. Mark the Shark to Carlo. Who goes over and why? Seamus and Jomo. Well, I, I've really enjoyed the, uh, the feud between the two. I think that uh, uh, Seamus having a feud with... John Morrison has definitely elevated Morrison's game, and I really think that over the last year or two, um, Morrison has been in a bad spot with some of the feuds that he's been in, and really he's had to carry whom he's been with as opposed to in this. I think that uh, the chemistry between the two, as we're looking at a very yellow John Morrison, I think he spent a bit too much time in the... uh, uh, airbrush tan, tanning booth today, but uh, and he looks extra yellow compared to uh, <laughs> the peakedness of of Sheamus. But uh, I don't know. I, I, I've given this some thought this week. I, I really think that uh, there is no other choice, unfortunately, for John Morrison other than Sheamus. And that's my quick pick. Uh, we'll go to Harmony Boom Boom Sexy. A few years ago, at a little place called Bottoms Up. I had the opportunity. A little place called Bottoms Up. Never heard of it. Sports pub. Um, I had the opportunity to have a conversation with Jim the Anvil Nightheart and it it was a little weird but um, he talked (laughs) talked about how wrestling was a place where there was always someone that you could get behind because there was always someone that was a little bit like you and in his rambling, he made a very good point with that. And right now, all over the place is bullying. Everyone's talking about bullying. And who hasn't been bullied or known a bully or seen bullying happen in front of them? So I'm going to go with John Morrison. And I'm going to go with John Morrison because this is the guy that all of the people that have been bullied throughout their lives can get behind and root for. Internet Dave. 
Follow that up with something. Uh, well, l- let me uh, let me give that a try. You know what? I uh, completely agree with Harmony to uh, a majority, but not a hundred percent. I think Sheamus gets the win here, and then Morrison gets his revenge on Monday Night Raw over a longer term period with a greater audience to get over that message. Uh, I'm actually going to agree with uh, Harmony on this one. I think that, if anything, and I was wrong in my first prediction, so expect this one to go pretty much the same. Is that why you're going the same way that I'm going, because I'm a winner so far? Yes, yes, that's that's what it is. Um, yeah, just trying to make her feel good, people. Mm. Um, anyway, uh, as far mm. as my prediction is concerned, I'm going to go with John Morrison, because I really think that Sheamus at this point is an established talent. John Morrison is a guy who's just on the cusp. Uh, he could be great, but he's not really getting that push. The fact that he's been involved in this bullying angle, I think, uh, has really worked out to his benefit. I'm going to say Morrison wins this, but he squeaks out the win by maybe a roll-up or something uh, and gets an upset victory over Sheamus. So uh, I'm going with Jomo. And if he, he doesn't win this time, it is going to be an angle for a little while with the whole bullying thing. And at the end of the day, if he doesn't take it today, he will take it, and it, it will be a big deal. There will be a lot of people behind him with that. Well, Harmony, I think it's really interesting you brought up the whole uh, Jim the Anvil Neidhart thing because I, I spoke with the Anvil this week. Uh, he, he phoned me about 10 days ago when he finally went home I'll, I'll put it like that <laughs> and and uh, he wanted to say hey and a big shout out to all of his uh, fans out there on the IWC and uh, certainly here on the SNS radio network he's fine um, he is going to be fine and he said that he is fine and uh, um, regardless of all the negative media he said that it will come out in court he's got a uh, uh, a very good lawyer as you might suspect, and uh, the Anvil will, at some point, tell his side of the story from the sordid events down in one Tampa, Florida, on, you don't even know this, JJ, on this very network. Awesome. Can't wait for that. Yes. Uh, Breaking into what happened on the pay-per-view that just showed the replay, uh, Sheamus went for the bro kick. Uh, Morrison ducked out of the way and then hit his own enziguri, knocking Sheamus into the rope. Very good series of moves as both right now trading punches and kicks Sheamus with a body slam Morrison reverses and intercepts with a couple clotheslines of his own and a nice wheel kick very good series of moves in between both of these guys good chemistry absolutely and you know what I really really like watching Dave I know you got something to say I'll throw it to you after this I really got I really find it very interesting and very entertaining to watch John Morrison in the ring he's got some Highly unique maneuvers that nobody else has done in the past or may even try in the future. Uh, and, and the guy is really entertaining. You know, from a, the Johnny Nitro days when he was the sidekick of, uh, of EZE, Eric Bischoff, on Raw. Um, wow, the guy has just come a million miles an hour in a long way. And uh, I, I really enjoy him on, on any level of uh, WWE programming for sure. Well, yeah. you know, it not even the the bullying angle itself, but just the idea that Sheamus is a two-time former champion, and if John Morrison can get this victory, then maybe he can start thinking about reaching the heights that everybody has hoped he would reach in the last couple of years, where everybody, where a lot of people picked him to win certain matches or certain uh, 
hit certain goals by certain points, which he has not done. Maybe this could be the turning point. I, I think there's something wrong with my TV because there's no possible way that he's that yellow. That well, that <laughs> that John Morrison can be that shade of tan, and that Seamus, his eyebrows and yeah. and beard could be that fucking orange. No, no. It, it, it's got to be something wrong with my TV. No, I know no. all the rest of the colors look right and everything else looks good, but... Yeah, Seamus, dye your eyebrows, please. What? Yeah. You know, I, last last month, when you weren't here, Harmony... But she I, was listening. Yeah, of course. Um, I, I kind of thought to myself, I didn't bring it up, I thought maybe there's something wrong with the, uh, with the uh, very, very expensive 3D plasma here in the International Studios... But no, um, and, and then I watched Raw, and, and uh, John Morrison was the same hue of yellow, and so was uh, Sheamus's. Oh. <laughs> so was Sheamus's goatee. Holy shit! What a move, is Sheamus? That was weird. Uh, I, I can't even describe how that move went down. But grabbing the leg and basically face planting John Morrison goes for the pin, but it's not happening. As Seamus setting up for what looks to be a single leg Boston Crab. It was kind of like a javelin throw. Yeah, JJ. it kind of yeah. was. And there it is, the single-leg Boston Crab made famous by uh, Calgary alumnus. <laughs> if I could be serious for a moment. Please do. Lance Storm. Mr. Personality, Lance Storm. Yes. Harmony, I want to ask you something. Because you're not on the show, or you haven't been on the show less of a while, but two people who have been in this long-sorted angle over the last little while on Raw um, – you probably know them as well as I do, maybe not as long. Um, but what do you make of the whole split of Tyson Kidd and David Hartsmith? Well, I think it's stupid. They just came off of a, what, 10-month-long title run. It came kind of out of nowhere. I think it's kind of dumb. Um, I, I think they should make DH heel um, and not Tyson Kidd um, and maybe have someone be his mouthpiece because I, I think... I think Kid has a lot more charisma to get over as a babyface, um, and he see he seems to be the one that people are getting more behind. So I don't like it. But the only thing that I do know is seeing all of the matches that I saw between the two of them. It, we are going to be hopefully here in the near future treated to some really great matches between the two of them. Oh, I thought that was going to be it as he was going for the pale justice from the top rope. Sheamus with the bro kick gets caught. And Ooh. John Morrison with that spin kick from the top. I think this is going to be it. Oh. Oh, and he what hits a knee to the face. Goes for the pin. And he got him. And that's for all the people around the world who have been bullied, bullied. throughout their life. David can defeat Goliath. Well, look for Seamus to uh, get some revenge tomorrow night. (laughs) All of a sudden, I feel like popping out the lighters and playing some We Are the Champions because I'm channeling that whole ending of Revenge of the Nerds, the movie. If you've ever been bullied, then come down here and join us because Seamus just got his just desserts, ladies and gentlemen. That finishing maneuver uh, administered by John Morrison was rather strange. It kind of looked like he was a little bit short uh, with his knee and kind of gave him a, a front crotch. Buster. I got a couple of bullies in my life. I think that's what I want to do to them, take them out. But overall, so far, I mean, I know we're only two matches in, but there's only like five. It's been a couple of really good matches. Eight. Eight. Well, oh it's a 45-minute video package for Cena, and then 
we'll try to fit in some more matches. Well, the, the two we've had so far were really good matches. I, I'm quite pleased so far. One other thing to what uh, to effect of what Harmony just said, and we can only hope that, that for those of you, and most people out there in the WWE Universe have no idea uh, whatsoever the level to which uh, Tyson Kidd and David Hart Smith can perform in the ring against each other in a match. And JJ, you and I were talking about this this week uh, when we witnessed the the split of of the the Hart dynasty, at least the tag team of uh, of Kid and 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 Hart uh, or Hart Smith. Um, that in fact, will the office allow them to do what we all know sitting here in the studio that they're capable of doing? That will be a very interesting question and only be played out harmony over time. Well, I think they kind of have to. I mean, obviously, they're setting up. They're breaking them up. They're obviously setting them up to have a little bit of a program together. And to be perfectly honest, like, what what we've seen from Harry in WWE is not what Harry's capable of. And I... I think that we're gonna see the the Harry that we haven't seen yet when he's when he's on his own with Tyson, a guy who he has um, wrestled with essentially his whole life. I think we're gonna see a lot more of of his Japanese style. Some of the MMA training stuff that he's done is gonna come out, and we're gonna see the stuff that we all have seen him in. Or if you've seen any any matches or anything on YouTube from, from his days over in Japan, I think we're going to get the opportunity to see that, and I don't think that that we've seen it. I mean, we've had Tyson Kidd do all of the the exciting stuff in the match, and he's been, you know, kind of in the shadows. So hopefully we'll get to see some some good stuff between the two of them. Well, the, oh, go sorry, ahead, Dave. No. Okay, well, I was going to say the, the real issue becomes, is it going to be a breakup like uh, we've seen with previous teams, Caden Murdoch? Neither of them really went anywhere. Uh, <clears throat> crime time. Neither of them did anything individually. And then, of course, Shad was just cut here earlier this week. Other tag teams who were just randomly cut to and split up, split apart for no reason. To me, I don't think it's the tag team saying, "Hey, Vince, we want to be singles wrestlers." It's that it's the it's the writer shark saying, "We need to invest in more singles guys and perhaps identify that." One of these two guys is going to have to be one of these uh, uh, high-profile jobber guys to get other guys over with. I, I'm not really too sure whether either one of them are going to be a jobber. Let's not forget for one single solitary second, guys, who's in the office. And everybody that's in the office and, and the road agents, they're all historians of the game. And when they look at, I believe, uh, Tyson Kidd and David Hart Smith, they see in some way, shape, or form, the British Bulldogs. And Tyson Kidd is Dynamite Kidd, and David Hart Smith is the British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith. And when they originally split in Stampede Wrestling, Dynamite Kidd was the heel. He went with John Foley and K.Y. Wakamatsu and the rest of the heels in the promotion, and uh, Davy Boy was the much-loved babyface. And when the two of them split in WWE, that was much of the same thing. So I think that if history... Um, is a is a book, an open book of what might happen between the two of them. That uh, I'm looking forward to it. I just hope, like Harmony said, that we get a chance to see what we all know they're capable of doing. JJ. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. I mean, and you know, I love both David Hart Smith and Tyson Kidd because you know, honestly, I'm biased. I've worked with the guys, and. I have a lot of, I guess, you know, uh, 
favoritism as it relates to them. But I'm going to be real honest, guys, and I, I hate to be brutally honest. I have not seen anything in David Hart Smith since his debut in World Wrestling Entertainment that has impressed me. I mean, I, I don't know if it's he just doesn't want to be there. He just doesn't care. Uh, you know, Tyson, I think, is a lot more advanced than than uh, than David Hart Smith. You know, I want to believe that they're going to deliver on some things. And as far as you're talking about tag teams being broken up in the WWE, it's because they don't care about a tag team division. They would rather take Drew McIntyre and Cody Rhodes and put them together as a tag team and give them a run with a belt than have an established tag team run around with those belts. Now, granted, you've got the Nexus running around as the, the tag team champions, which I'm, which I'm okay with. But the tag team division in the WWE is not what it used to be. I mean, take, for example, 20 years ago when Survivor Series was one of the big four shows, you had all these five-on-five classic matches, and the majority of them were just tag teams feuding with each other. I mean, you just you don't have that anymore. So I don't really know that that's going to do anything for either guy. I would like to see both of them do something uh, substantial in their careers. But at this point, I just don't know, as we're setting up right now for the biggest little, the biggest voice in world wrestling entertainment, Kaval is going to go after the Intercontinental Championship tonight against Dolph Ziggler. When you hear when you hear Kaval talk, doesn't it remind you of James Earl Jones doing the CNN promo? This is CNN. Every time I hear his voice, that's what that reminds me of. But you know what? A little bit of closure on the whole David Hart Smith thing. I think that maybe and and JJ, you hit the nail on the head. He hasn't shown what. We all know he's capable of, and when you think about that statement, maybe he hasn't because the office hasn't given him an opportunity, maybe, to do what he can do. Let's not forget, we're dealing with WWE, so we've seen so many guys come in. Um, Brian Danielson is not a good example of that because he has really shown what he can do. I remember when CM Punk first came in, and I'm like, wow, have they ever told him to back off so maybe that's what they've done with david hart smith i i I don't know and and it's very uh perturbing to think that some of the matches that we all have seen the two of them have uh for those of you that have never seen them prior to wwe as as harmony mentioned go on youtube and see some of their new japan pro wrestling matches uh, over in tokyo in front of sixty thousand people in the in, in the egg dome phenomenal and we have not seen even a tenth of what the two of them are capable of in a wrestling ring. Well, and let's not forget, someone of the caliber of Maso Chono is very, very high on him. And to get somebody's respect like that type of respect, you got you got to be doing something right. We, Like I said, we just haven't seen it yet. It's funny you bring up Masahiro Chono, the, the, the leader of the old NWA, NWO Japan faction, and, and he said many years ago about Harry Smith that he was ten times the wrestler that his father ever was. So that's some pretty high accolades, JJ. Masa, my hero, Chono. Well, you know what, guys? Uh, as we were talking about classic tag teams and classic Survivor Series concept matches, uh, that can only take us back to 1987, the very first Survivor Series. And let me run down... 
that match that featured ten different tag teams. Hang on, before you go that far, let's do the quick picks, Dave. I don't think we're going to have that match. This match last that particularly long, okay? You're absolutely right. So uh, let's go with our quick picks. We'll start things off. Boom, boom. Who do you see going over and why? Well, I, I think that Billy Gunn Light is going to lose the belt here tonight. Um, <laughs> Never heard that before. Loki, Senshi, whatever you wanted to call him prior to coming to WWE. I was not at all impressed with him. Uh, but since he has come to WWE, I have enjoyed him. And I think that he's going to take the belt tonight. Wow. And, and so far, I'm two for two. So, I mean. Well, I, I guess I'll I'll uh, I'll back this up a little bit. Uh, you called him Billy Gun Light. I'll call him Mister Perf Ass. Yeah. You know, a cross between Perfect and and Mister Ass. Uh, he does kind of remind me a lot of Billy Gun and a lot of Mister Perfect. I mean, if you were to tell me, and I said this, I said this recently on WNL. If you were to tell me in 2010 that Mister Perfect had a son in the WWE, I would automatically assume <laughs> it would be Dolph Ziggler, based on the fact that he uses a lot of Mister Perfect's moves, and he is perfection. So, with that being said, my pick for uh, this particular matchup, I think the biggest voice in professional wrestling and maybe coming to a movie theater near you soon, I think Caval wins the Intercontinental Championship and we see the beginning of the end of Dolph Ziggler. Excuse me! And Vicky Guerrero. And that is my quick pick for this evening. Internet Dave, you are next. Uh, you know what, guys? I like your uh, your thoughts. I like your perspectives. But this is not a case where Caval won a number one contenders match against somebody else to get this, this right. It's that he fluke beat Dolph Ziggler on SmackDown. And I'm going to take Ziggler because I don't think Lightning can strike twice in such a short period. Mark the Shark to Carlo. Well, you know what? Before I make my quick pick, I'd like to say that I've really enjoyed the chemistry between Ziggles and uh, uh, and Caval. And the, considering they have never worked before, I, I think that this leads me to believe that they spent a lot of time with each other in the ring, in the arenas, uh, prior to house shows and and live, live television. And, and good on the both of them because they are both superior talents. Nobody... Uh, that has made their way through the ranks, uh, uh, up through the ranks over the last decade, has put in more time on the independent scene than uh, than Loki Caval, uh, and good on him because he is a fantastic wrestler. Albeit some have made a lot of fun of him because of his uh, lack of personality. I being one of them, um, the, the two of them together have have done a really really good job and having said that i really can't see at this point in the infancy of the feud that they would put the intercontinental strap around the waist of caval so for that reason uh i i'd say a that the feud continues but b tonight for my quick pick here at survivor series i see uh none other than the current intercontinental champion Dolph ziggler retaining oh nice kick to the back Very of the nice. neck uh, by Caval to Ziggles. You know what's interesting, guys, is they've really opened with three wrestling matches, not a split of wrestling and literally what we can now call sports entertainment matches because as uh, members of the chat room have mentioned uh, earlier on, these have gotten very little reactions despite the incredible athleticism of all six of these individuals. Hang on a second. That was a beautiful moonsault by Caval as he jumped on the top rope. Not the turnbuckle, but on the top rope, 
on to Dolph Ziggler. Beautifully done by Caval. You know, I, I remember when uh, former TNA X Division champion Hotshot Johnny Devine and the fallen injured Angel Christopher Daniels were in Bottoms of Sports Pub a couple of years ago, and I got a chance to talk to Christopher Daniels for quite a while about his time on the independent scene. As we see, uh, Caval give quite the front face splat of a Holy kick right cow. to the bridge of the nose of Ziggles, and Ziggles uh, manages to uh, uh, kick out at the count of uh, two and a half, but Christopher Daniels told me that he had some of his most fun matches against uh, Caval in Ring of Honor the, the 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 first time around, the first of three times that, that Christopher Daniels has been in Ring of Honor. And uh, anybody that I've ever spoken to about the work ethic and the, the, the fun that they have working in the ring with, with Loki Caval, uh, Senshi, whatever name you want to re- reference him uh, to or by, uh, for for the inside information from the workers in the ring that have worked with him to put him over that that well he's obviously very very well thought of. Uh, what a brilliant maneuver earlier that liger kick to the face of uh, of Dolph Ziggler. I thought he might have knocked some teeth out there. And Caval up at the top he goes for he was he's going for his uh, was that the shining stomp or whatever he calls that the warrior's way warrior's way. And he goes for the roll-up, but Dolph Ziggler with a fame-asser. This could be the end as Dolph rolls up Ziggler. And just at the last oh, wow. second, Caval getting the shoulders up. So the famouser is not the zigzag then? No, the zigzag is the movie hits from behind. That's right. that yeah. inverted neck breaker. That's what I thought, yeah. Oh, oh isn't the famouser um, Billy Gunn's move? Yes, and it was also Marty Jannetty's move. And yes. Shawn Michaels. And Shawn Michaels, yes. He's not Marty Jannetty or Shawn Michaels' ladies, Billy Gunn. Oh, okay. Jesus. Do you see the way his right ankle kind of twisted when he hit the mat off of that, uh, whatever the hell he calls that? It's pretty off, sick. Off a miss, no less. Not even a making contact. But uh, you know what, guys? Like I said, three wrestling matches in a row is, is quite surprising here. I'm, I'm, I'm really shocked that this would be their schedule because, I mean, this has been a fantastic hour of wrestling, but for this crowd that's... Let's just say they're not uh, buying it, Dave. Seventeen and under. Yeah, I mean, oh, oh beautiful man. move as he comes. Cabal coming off the top, countering. The, the crowd ate it up there. Some yeah. uh, a lot of people at ringside were clapping for that maneuver. Oh, I right. thought that was going to be the finish. That would have been a great upset victory right there. Here's the replay. Dolph Ziggler hoisting him up, throwing him to the turnbuckle. Look at uh, that. Cabal landing. Holy on his, Spidey on his feet. Top turnbuckle spins around. And hits that kick. Beautifully done. Yeah, These are three great matches that I would love to have seen live. But I would have been probably one of the only few pe- people at the American Airlines Arena cheering tonight. Because uh, this crowd is has been too accustomed to and too uh, brainwashed into thinking that the Cena match is the only one that matters. And I mean, you could really make that argument, Shark, about boxing pay-per-views, UFC pay-per-views. I mean, more boxing. I think that was Vicky Guerrero yelling, but um, excuse uh, me. It, it it seems like it's all about one match, and that's not the right way to promote a show. I mean, if you got one big match, that's great. But I mean, what was the undercard on that uh, on that on that boxing from a couple weeks ago? Well, hold, hold on, didn't you actually have something you wanted to like? You're forgetting things. No, no I'll come back to it. Okay, well then go go with what you're going, and then let's let's go back to what you were talking about initially. All right, well, uh, like I said, we were talking about classic tag teams. 
and uh, classic Survivor Series matches. I mean, this is one of the big four. This is the 24th edition. Small package for Dolph Ziggler, two and a half. And those classic teams. So l let me give you the 87 matchup here. Strike Force, Tito Santana and Rick Martel. Arriba! The Young Stallions, Roma and Powers. The Fabulous Rougeau Brothers. We are all American boys. Oh, and we have a win for Dolph Ziggler. Wow. Very well done. Will you get a roll-up there? Yes. Kind of a, a double somersault uh, roll-up by both men there, and Dolph Ziggler gets his three count. And like that sign in the in the crowd there says, epic fail. Well, here's the finish here on the replay. <clears throat> a yes, roll-up. And a further a reversal, roll up, kind of, yeah, a kind reversal of a, a roll-up, and he, he grabbed the tights. tights. He had the tights. A double somersault type of roll-up, but uh, Ziggles gets the win. He cheated. And, and three solid matches to start us off. But well, he cheated. If I could be so bold as to say that a wise man once said, win if you can, lose if you must, but always cheat. Thank you, Jesse the Body. Yes. So, like I said, Strike Force, the Young Stallions, the Fabulous Rougeau Brothers, the Killer Bees, and the British Bulldogs... Wow. Yeah. wow. Talk about a, a Hall of Fame tag team uh, Survivor Series exactly. setup. Wow. Versus the Hart Foundation, the Islanders. Shambu and Fatu. Yep. Uh, no, Haku and Tama. <laughs> Haku. Uh, okay. Demolition, the Bolsheviks, and the new Dream Team. Which was? Uh, Greg Valentine and Dino Bravo. So there's yep. 10 classic teams from... The late 1980s. But, but wait a minute, wait a minute. Out of those 10 teams, 20 people, how many of those are currently deceased? You want to, want to give us a quick tally on that, Dave? <laughs> I uh, bet you it's I'd, half. I'd rather not, but <laughs> yeah, we, we don't have time with that. L let's no. go over the day. <laughs> go ahead, JJ. No, we, we don't have time to do that. But with that said, I think uh, as they're getting ready to set up this traditional five-on-five -five Survivor Series match, I think it's time that uh, on SNS tonight we take our first commercial break of the evening come back and cover all the action going on on the survivor series we'll be right back with more of sunday night showdown after this Gang, this is Mean Gene Okerlund from the WWE, and uh, you're listening to JJ on the SNS Radio Network. Work it. I have voices in my head, they counsel me, they understand, they talk. Since 1996, audio wrestling has been getting in the ring as your definitive source for all your wrestling desires. Interviews with some of pro wrestling's biggest stars. Providing you with a wide selection of award-winning wrestling shows from past and present. 
such as Ministry of Slam, Monday Night Mayhem, In Your Head, WrestleCast, Sunday Night Showdown, Wrestling News Live, Between the Ropes, RVD Radio, WrestleCast, and Wrestle Talk Radio, and many others. If you can't get enough Mad Mania, climb into the ring with Audio Wrestling, www.audiowrestling.com, and check out all the real voices of wrestling radio. Audio Wrestling, keeping you tuned in since 1996. WWE Shop.com, the home of official WWE merchandise. For a limited time only, WWE Shop has reduced prices on all t-shirts. Pick up your authentic top rope or basic tees while this special offer lasts. Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ Sexay of Sunday Night Showdown. If you're looking for the latest wrestling news on the World Wide Web, you should check out www.fromheadlockstoheadlines.com. It's the official news source for Sunday Night Showdown, and you should make it your official news source as well. Once again, that's www.fromheadlockstoheadlines.com. Hey you. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Have you checked out the new Unplugged on Friday night? Well, if you haven't, make sure you check out the new Unplugged Friday nights with JJ Sexay at 10.30 Eastern Standard Time, 8.30 Mountain Standard Time, where JJ covers Smackdown, video games, and whatever the hell else he feels like. See you in chat. Does listening to Wrestling News Live make you a smarter, more knowledgeable wrestling fan? Would the Trey Dog drink Velvet Sky's bathwater? <sighs> well, hello there, Velvet. some good bath water, baby. Listening to Wrestling News Live does make you a smarter, more knowledgeable wrestling fan, although it will not save you any money on your car insurance. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA, and you're listening on the SNS Radio Network. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. What's that metronome I hear? Perhaps the end is drawing near. You never hear the shot that takes you down. Out of time. 
right, guys, we're back. Sunday night showdown is uh, basically Mysterio's Maniacs. Sticking true to my word here. Mysterio's Maniacs making their way down the ring with team captain Rey Mysterio. We are awaiting the arrival of Alberto Del Rio's Diablos for this five-on-five Survivor Series classic matchup. And I am excited about this match. The talents in this match... Oh, man, we've got some all-stars. I mean, look at Rey Mysterio's team. We've got Montel Vontavious Porter. We've got The Big Show, Rey Mysterio, Kofi Kingston, Chris Masters. Masterpiece, yes. Who, unfortunately, has become jobber to the stars on the SmackDown brand. I'm still not understanding why that is. When a guy like Tyler Rex can get a win over Chris Masters, is quite troublesome to me. And now making his way down the aisle, uh, we just saw Cody Rhodes. Now for Team Del Rio, or the Del Rio Diablos, we have uh, the former World Heavyweight Champion, Jack Swagger, from uh, Oklahoma, who is uh, missing something rather valuable to myself and a lot of other wrestling fans, and that would be the Swagger Soaring Eagle. And there was news circulating today that it appears that we will no longer see the Swagger Soaring Eagle on SmackDown programming. What? They, they have done away. They have cut the Soaring Eagle. Apparently, the Eagle has landed, and he is unemployed. And I have to say that as one of the Soaring Eagle's biggest fans, it is a sad day for mascot fans everywhere. No kidding. The Soaring Eagle is no more, ladies and gentlemen. Bullshit, I can say. Bullshit. I have to say bullshit. Rob Zombie, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, yeah, that's, think so. that would be Jeffrey McWild from Virtual Fighter. Okay. Apparently the, the only character to ever step out of a video game and actually into the ring. There you go. Tyler Rex. And, of course, uh, the man who has his own personal ring announcer in Spanish, Ricardo Rodriguez, who apparently is also a, a trained wrestler. Who recently just signed a developmental contract with FCW. Wow. So Ricardo might be uh, joining Alberto Del Rio in the very near future on the SmackDown brand. Well, you know what, guys? Uh, some more Survivor Series memories for the old school fans out there. Uh, the first time they started naming the teams, I always get uh, a charge out of the named teams, and that was in 1989 where, uh, the, where matches like this took place. Uh, the King's Court... Randy Savage, the Earthquake, Dino Bravo, and Greg Valentine defeated the 4x4s, Jim Duggan, Bret Hart, Ronnie Garvin, and Hercules. Uh, the Rude Brood, led by Ravishing Brick Rude, Mr. Perfect, and the Rougeau brothers defeated Roddy's Rowdies, Roddy Piper, Jimmy Snooker, Jimmy Snooka, and the Bushwhackers. And, of course, the Ultimate Warriors, led by the man himself, Shawn Michaels, Marty Jannetty, and Jim Neidhart, Defeated the Heenan family, Bobby Heenan, Haku, Arn Anderson, and Andre the Giant. So, some classic names for some classic 80s, classic Survivor Series matchups. And, you know, like every year, every themed pay-per-view, whether it's the Royal Rumble, whether it's WrestleMania, whether it's SummerSlam, or, of course, Survivor Series, I always go back and watch certain matches every year. Just a little bit of classic, you know, backtracking and... Last night, I threw in the DVD of uh, Survivor Series 2003, which took place at the American Airlines Arena in Dallas, Texas. That was the night that Mark Cuban was RKO'd by the legend killer Randy Orton 
uh, when they had the five-on-five Team Austin versus Team Bischoff. Of course, if you remember that, uh, Team Austin was, uh, of course, led by, I believe, Shawn Michaels. And, of course, Steve Austin was the uh, team captain. The finish came when Shawn Michaels was left with Randy Orton and uh, was pinned by Orton. The stipulation in this one was that if Austin's team won, that Austin would be able to go and uh, beat the hell out of any superstar he wanted without being provoked. And if he lost, he would have to retire from professional wrestling. Of course, Steve Austin losing his career, uh, you know, thanks to Eric Bischoff and the rest of uh, Team Bischoff. So, uh, good match all the way around. And, of course, there was the ambulance match with Kane and uh, Shane McMahon. Yes. With some very interesting high spots. That was also (laughs) the year that we saw the first ever face-to-face with Bill Goldberg, who was the WWE World Heavyweight Champion, and uh, Brock Lesnar, of course, was the WWE Champion, losing his match earlier in the night. Uh, That was actually the biggest moment in John Cena's career, if you remember. He was just a part of that last-minute replacement on uh, Team Angle, and he was the one that ended up getting the victory with that big FU to the big show at the very end, and that was what made John Cena a relevant name in the WWE. So 2003, it's been seven years since John Cena first got that big push. And uh, seven years later, he's still on top of the world, whether you love him or hate him. I mean, yep. the world's a different place than it was seven years ago, uh, let's just say tonight. And, of course, you can't talk about Survivor Series on this network without recalling the fifth anniversary of a very interesting evening, which has now been posted on the WrestlingNewsLive.tk official archive section. The night the Trey Dog went ballistic and the cops were called to C-23, bitches. And uh, an, an evening that will be remembered when Worlds Collide version 1. It was the first one five years ago. Night. Five years ago, 2005, the Survivor Series, uh, the weekend of my birthday. I made the trek to St. Louis, Missouri uh, as a part of Wrestle Talk Radio to uh, meet up with Trey and JSK for the first time ever and have this one Worlds Collide radio show. And yes, five years ago tonight, ladies and gentlemen, was an epic, epic night as Trey went on a, a serious rant that caused the Springfield's finest to show up at apartment C23 as JSK scurried to the bathroom <laughs> to get rid of his stash. Great night for internet wrestling radio. Mustache or stash of what? <laughs> his stash of the green, if you oh, will. Okay, all right, all right. Herbage. Herbage. I see, yes. I see, all right. And let's not forget, it was 20 years ago, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, at the Survivor Series, 20 years ago, when The Undertaker made his debut in 1990 ah. as a part of Ted DiBiase's team. Kane The Undertaker was what he was known as 20 years ago tonight. Well, it's funny you mention that because uh, we, we spoke wow. during the week because on ESPN Classic Wrestling, they have from time to time uh retro matches from world-class championship wrestling from the dallas sportatorium and of course this week uh, as part of uh uh the festivities was a tag team match that in fact uh involved the punisher and of course that was uh mark calloway's character at the time in wccw a masked performer 
And uh, he, his tag team partner this week was none other than Terrace Bulba. Um, <laughs> and you don't remember him? No, uh, he was a really weird-looking dude. He had, like, a really long Fu Manchu and bald head, except for this really long ponytail coming out of the back of that. And, of course, they were they were managed by the recently departed. Um, name escapes me. JJ, you want to help me out here? Can't, can't help me out? All right, I'll think of his name. But uh, uh, they were fighting uh, uh, Kerry Von Erich and uh, uh, a very, very young uh, Steve Austin. And it was uh, it was a match for the ages, but uh, uh, funny funny looking back on the old matches on uh, on ESPN Classic. Well, uh, no eliminations to this point, guys. Uh, f- we're still five on five at this point. It's it's Chris Masters and Drew McIntyre, and you know what? Since the whole issue with 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 uh, Teddy Long, Drew McIntyre to me as one person seems to really have leveled off. Obviously, he is Vince McMahon's hand-picked uh, next champion or whatever you want to call it. But I've always liked him, but I, I like him a little less lately. He, he, kept, he couldn't really build on that, uh, that Teddy Long issue to uh, any long-term sustainment. But MVP seems to be really over with this crowd in Miami tonight. Well, and for obvious reasons, uh, that's where MVP's home territory is. And have you noticed, gentlemen and lady, that recently, in the last month or two, that MVP's biceps have been getting suspiciously bigger? We have an elimination as uh, MVP was outside near the ropes. Uh, Alberto Del Rio held his uh, legs down, and Drew McIntyre got the pin. So MVP has been eliminated, and we're down to uh, five on fo- five on four. Don't forget, uh, we have other matches coming up this evening. <laughs> like we have to remind you about the whole issue regarding John Cena, Randy Orton, <clears throat> and Wade Barrett. The question becomes, guys, does does Orton win? Does Barrett win? Does Miz cash in? And does Miz win? Well, the whole scenario with the whole freed or fired uh, storyline that, of course, the, the office has invested so meticulously in over the last couple of months. And kudos to them for doing what they've been doing with John Cena and Nexus. I think it's been nothing short of brilliant. And the, the payoff uh, in terms, as we see Chris Masters tap and he's eliminated. Tapping a- like Sammy Davis Jr. Once again, Chris Masters eliminated jobber to the stars why wwe i ask why the guy's in great physical condition he's probably one of the best workers in the company and yet he is your preliminary put everybody over on me kind of guy not at everybody some point, not everybody can go over somebody's got a job at some point i would like to see chris masters become an intercontinental champion i'm not asking for him to be a world champion but goddamn, can the guy at least get a break and not fucking tap out every five seconds holy shit well, I mean, we think back to that Survivor Series 05 night. He was, uh, he, I believe he was the Intercontinental or United States Champion along with Carlito, or they were the tag team. Well, no, Big Show and uh, and Kane were the, the tag team champions, as we all recall from that evening, how Rey Mysterio pinned both the tag team champions. But uh, And like I said, you can listen to that archive on Wrestling News Live. But uh, Del Rio only wants to be in the match when it's in his favor, but... 
the big shows ready to uh, ready to dominate at any moment. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> As he slapped the big paintbrush, the big show uh, on top of the uh, rather large cranium, and nobody wants to tag in uh, Alberta Del Rio. And uh, all, oh, and he, he gives a, a Ric Flair like uh, chest chop to Drew McIntyre, and I guess McIntyre's coming in, and uh, he gives he gives the show the wink, and the show gives Alberta Del Rio the quintessential knockout punch, and a hip toss, and brings. Uh, McIntyre into the ring unceremoniously. Del Rio's like, I'm the captain. You're going to do what I tell you. And now Drew McIntyre's getting punished by the big show. And like I said, I think Masters basically had his chance four or five years ago and with the U.S. or Intercontinental titles. And that might be the extent of, of his success in this in this industry. But uh, they have the effect. They have the either real or fake uh, EMTs looking at Alberto Del Rio because... He took a knockout punch like you wouldn't believe. Well, if I may, though, you go back five years and you look at Chris Masters, he wasn't as polished and he wasn't as good as he is now. I mean, his selling wasn't on par. Uh, you know, his offense wasn't there. I mean, seriously, Masters has improved a lot in the last five years. You know, it took Mark Henry ten years to get to that point. I, I just, at some point, and I know you guys think that I'm just, like, in love with Chris Masters. I'm not, but... I like to see guys that have the talent go over, and I think that Masters is one that is just not being utilized correctly on the SmackDown brand. Well, and we all know that you're not like that, so you can't be in love with any guy. We all know you're not like that, so you don't have to clarify that statement. You're fine. Dave? Well, you know what, guys? Uh, we look back at uh, more memories of Survivor Series, and like I believe there's a DVD set of like the first five Survivor Series, the first five Royal Rumbles, the first five Summer Science, the first five of everything. As uh, Dashing is not so dashing right now. He's he having is, a hissy fit, He for is Christ's really sake. upset. He's in the ring with Kofi Kingston right now. and uh, I think he's leaving. I think he's leaving, guys, too. Guys, he got hit in the face. The rule with Cody oh, Rhodes right. is you oh, don't strike okay. him in the face. And Justin Hawk Roberts is holding up the mirror on the back of Dashing's jacket. You, you cannot hit Dashing Cody Rhodes in the face. I like when he does these temper tantrums. Yeah. Saw this on SmackDown this past Friday night. Ah! And he gets slapped one more time by Kofi Kingston in the face. Uh, you know what? I like Cody Rhodes, but by God, get this kid some fucking knee pads, please. I agree. He so just I he looks weird, agree. man. He looks weird without knee pads. I don't even care if they're shin pads. But get something on this kid, because he looks weird. Well, you know what, guys? The first thing I thought of when I saw... <laughs> he just does not want to get hit in the face. So the Big Show will hit him in the back. No trouble at all. Yeah. And the knockout punch. Good night, dashing. Dash and off. And people have been Dash selling on. that for three or four years. Like even The Undertaker, two or three years ago. Huge clothesline by Tyler Rex on the Big Show. Oh. Jeez. One and a half only. But uh, at least he got the giant off his feet. But uh, that reminded me of what it could have been with uh, with Dash and Cody Rhodes. Uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, we should probably do predictions since there's not many people left in the ring. Yeah, it's three on three right now. Why don't we wait till there's two guys left and then we'll quick. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm no. kidding. <laughs> I'll start things off. Uh, I think Team Del Rio goes over here. I think they have to. Boom, boom. I think Ray's crazy people or whatever you called them. Maniacs. Raise crazy. Raise maniac okay. crazy people. They're all going to go over. Not, well, not all of them because there's already a couple of them out. But, but <laughs> well, the team as a whole. It's three on three, so we're still we're still okay. I'm going to take uh, 
Team Ray also. Mark the Shark to Carlo. Well, after getting Come on, Mac the Shack. <laughs> thank, thank you for the uh, uh, East Side Brooklyn introduction. I, I appreciate that and look forward to it actually uh, twice a month here on the network. But uh, I, I got to go with Team uh, Maniac. The Team Maniacs. Ray. Yes, the Maniacs go over. As we see a, an ankle lock, not to be confused with an angle lock, as administered by the Oklahoma Sooner himself on the big show. Uh, Ankle lock, ankle lock. It's it's the freaking Swagger ankle lock. Can Big Show get to the corner to tag in oh, yeah. Ray Mysterio, or will Swagger make the Big Show tap? Well, speaking of Kurt Angle, I listened to the uh, Kurt Angle interview from Rusk News Live uh, just recently, and and uh, you guys had some fun, and so did he, kind of making fun of Jack Swagger and how he had not accomplished a tenth of what Kurt Angle had in the ring. So why was Jack Swagger stealing Kurt Angle's move. So Kurt Angle <laughs> had a lot of fun at Jack Swagger's expense. In professional wrestling, everybody steals everybody's shit. Yeah. It's just the way it works it's out. Because, it's because there's only so much shit. So invariably, the quote-unquote stealing, or as some would call it, copycatting, <laughs> uh, takes place as we see Swagger waffle Kofi. Uh, just getting back to what I was talking about with Dashing Cody Rhodes, that almost reminded me if he was going to walk out on his team, sort of like what happened in 1989 where uh, a certain Bad News Brown walked out on his team. He was never a team guy, Shark, and uh, he was only out for himself, and a five-on-five -five, uh, Survivor Series match was not where he wanted to be. Well, that was part of the uh, Bad News Brown in the WWF at the time character was that he was a loner and he didn't like to do business with anybody um and we all know because we we did some shows with uh, with bad news alan coage that in fact he actually liked to work with people especially people that were giving him free wings and lasagna <laughs> as uh, kofi kingston and tyler rex now still at the uh, three on three level but the action and the speed is really starting to pick up here at uh, Survivor Series 2010, live from Miami. And to think, guys, I mean, even a year ago, they were talking about the idea of changing the name of this pay-per-view to one of those voted-on style two-and-a-half for Kofi on Tyler Rex and uh, just changing it to some other randomly named pay-per-view that didn't have nearly this lineage or this history. Yeah, you don't have to have five-on-five -five matches every single year, but, I mean, why break a 23-, 24-year tradition? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you, Dave, on that. And uh, I, for one, uh, are very nostalgic with respect to pay-per-view names and, and the history of and the lineage, as you as you so apropos named it, uh, over the course of the history of professional wrestling. And I, I don't like, oh, as Kofi we see... Oh, Kofi gets Tyler Rex. As we see Kofi get Rex, Rex is gone, Rex is wrecked, and uh, Trouble in Paradise. <laughs> Trouble in Paradise, there you have it, by... Kofi on Drew McIntyre, JJ. And speaking of trouble in paradise for, for Drew McIntyre. Yes. Tiffany was released this past week as well as, as part of the six talents from uh, from the WWE. As we all know, there was uh, an incident that happened not too long ago with Tiffany and Drew McIntyre where Tiffany was arrested. And uh, it was it was believed at that point that she was probably going to get fired from the company. But uh, all sources said that she had high allegiances in the WWE office. And wasn't really going to suffer Ooh. any uh, major punishments, but you know, well, I mean, it's not like she was out 
prostituting herself. No, exactly. But it seems like Black Friday came a little early as Kofi Kingston Caps. taps to uh, the ankle lock by did, Jack Swagger. Did you see the reversal of the Trouble in Paradise, JJ? Kofi attempted it, and um, and and Swagger immediately got him in the ankle lock. It was brilliant. Brilliant, I tell you. And is Swagger the only competitor on the Diablos that's left? I'm starting to think so, I yeah. I believe so, yes. Because Del yeah. Rio was never eliminated. No, he was taken out by the EMTs. So unless he comes back and does something. Which he very that. well could. Well, no, nope. here. Oh, okay. Drew is still Drew's, in. Drew's that's right. still there. Drew's there. Two on two. Chopped the tree down, kicked uh, the big show right in the knee. I'm telling you, Del Rio is going to make the going to make the pin here and make the, make his team go over. You think so, eh? Yeah. He, I mean, That'd be interesting. They've done this with Kurt Angle before. Yes. I mean, they're going to do it with Del Rio now. But, uh, yeah. Now, this week I had a little bit of time. I was dog fucking at work for a couple hours one day, if you will. And uh, uh, Trey, uh, or excuse me, uh, <laughs> Shark. <laughs> that was that was a bit of a Freudian slip, but Trey's not sorry. really, not really. Uh, we we don't talk about bestiality on the show here, Shark. So uh, all right, all right. Let, let's kind of move on with that. I don't want to hear about you fucking dogs at work. No, 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 no. Uh, I didn't say that for a second. But uh, uh, one of the things I was I was doing while I was supposed to be working at work was I was on YouTube and looking at some very interesting matches of Dos Caros, the character, mass character that, of course, uh, Alberto Dorio portrayed for so long in Mexico. Holy shit, did he have some good matches. Wow. And that's it for Swagger. Good night, Swagger. eliminated. So now we have uh, Rey Mysterio and the Big Show. And Drew McIntyre, unfortunately, is uh, very upset as he's by himself. But I think he's going to take Rey Mysterio out of the equation here. I think he's going to be used to being by himself because his girlfriend is no longer employed. Bum, bum, bum. There you go. It's his wife, Shark. Okay, all right. <laughs> well, his girlfriend might still be employed. Well, you never know. <laughs> you never know. We can neither confirm nor, nor deny, deny. Right. that Drew McIntyre is unfaithful to his wife. Joke slam. Oh, and the Big Show almost dropped Drew McIntyre in mid-hoist. And he wow. gets the win, so the survivors are the Big Show and Rey Mysterio, just like the uh, the Friday Night SmackDown Battle Royal. Well, now, hold on. I'm going I'm to call an audible here because they never made the official announcement that Del Rio was out of the match. But they made the official announcement complete with music. That Rey Mysterio and his crazy people won. Therefore, we get a point and you don't. You need to actually speak in the microphone when you're talking. Is that better? Yes. Can you well, hear me? Can you hear me now? How about now? Knocked him out. The knucklehead himself, the big show, is Rubbing the winner. Mark's heads, Dave. Did you see that? I saw that. I didn't like that at all. I, that I was weird. I think they wanted him to. All right. Yeah. But, uh... It's been a, a very interesting evening, and it's uh, <laughs> it's going to get a lot more interesting by the time we're done here. Good matches. Really good matches so far. Well, I agree. I, you know, if I could take up for Jack Swagger, I'm sure he's still upset that the Swagger Soaring Eagle has been released. I'm sure that, that that had a lot to do with his loss here tonight at the Survivor Series. And oh, he was depressed. Del Rio can at least make the claim on SmackDown. He was never eliminated from the match. So... There you go. No, he was just chicken shit and ran away. And he was knocked the fuck out, too. Absolutely. How was he chicken shit? He got knocked out and they took him away. Did he come back? No. (laughs) 
I rest my case. Are you guys kissing over there or are you just using the same <laughs> microphone? God damn it. Wow. We might. Is that okay with you? Yeah, I don't need to see that. Okay, well, save get it over for it. A, save it for after. Save it for after. Are there any cage matches on the on the card tonight? No. No, not okay. tonight. All right, well, just 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 asking. Wow, they've really uh, revamped the graphics for WWE. Look at this. Look at this the high-tech graphics. This is cutting-edge technology by Stick the WWE. Man. Stickman wrestling. Stickman using ladders, tables, and shit. I hope they make the next WWE video game like this because That'd be hilarious. I would love to play that. TLC. That would be some cool Stickman, shit right there. TLC, Sunday, December 19th, the final pay-per-view before the holidays. Yes, and uh, we'll be back. Don't forget. Uh, when are we back, Dave? We're back in two weeks for... Final resolution. We're back when I say we're back, motherfuckers. Yes. Uh, December 5th on behalf of uh, TNA. And, of course, we're going to have a World Heavyweight title rematch between Jeff Hardy and Matt Morgan with Matt Morgan allowed the ability to name the referee. And traditionally, December is the feast or fired for suitcase uh, match. So look for Money in the Bank times three to arrive shortly to TNA. I got to say that I'm rather disappointed lately with TNA television programming. When you look at this past Thursday's episode of Impact, and you look at it and watch the entire show, and you think to yourself, hmm, the best match I saw tonight was Mickey James and Angelina Love just saying... You really got to think, what the fuck are they doing now? And, and I, I, I don't know what it is, but the, the stupidity continues with the amount of raw talent that they have on that roster, yet the dumbness, for lack of a better terminology, that the great talent is subjected to portraying on a weekly basis. I watch the show, and... I just shake my head, and it's really sad to see the level that that show has deteriorated. And, uh, you know, I, I'd be the first one to say when I really enjoy it. And and a couple of months ago, I was enjoying it. Now, I, I, I look at it, and I go, what the fuck are they doing, and what the fuck are they thinking? And uh, it needs to get fixed again. I uh, I have to tell you I've never seen an eight man or eight person mixed tag three guys and one girl on each team like we saw when the Guns Jay Lethal and Velvet Sky faced Generation Me Robbie E and Cookie and of course I'll give the, the Guns and Generation Me a hell of a lot of credit for that uh, no fans no rules match they had on reaction this past Thursday that match was epic and those guys I'll give that a you, clap if you yep. wanted to think if you guys thought that those t two teams were just gymnasts watch that match and uh you'll see that they're a lot more vicious than you may have thought well we're starting things off guys we've got uh, lakel making their way down to the ring apparently this is a two-on-one handicap match for the unified divas championship as natalia challenges both michelle mccool and layla and uh, before this match even gets started let's go ahead and break down our quick picks for the night, Mark the Shark DiCarlo, you get the honors. Start us off, my friend. What happens? Uh, as much as I'd love to see Natty, uh, Natalia, go over for the title and that 
what they've been doing with her over the last little while would lead you to believe that, in fact, she goes over tonight. I don't see it. My quick pick is Lake Cool. Uh, just just to <laughs> comment on something that was said in the chat by Metellapunk. Yes. Uh, Alicia Fox called it the undefined championship. It's the unified the championship. Undefined. That's, that's hilarious. Apparently, she missed the uh, Hooked on Phonics tape when they were talking about, you know, undisputed or, uh, you know, u- unified. And, you know, took that to be the undefined championship. But uh, it is the unified Divas Championship. Uh, Harmony, you go next. I say go, Natty, go. I think Natty's going to finally put Lay Cool out to rest, beat them both, um, because, well, I have to say Michelle McCool and Laylove improved as wrestlers. Natty is stiff as hell, and I hope she goes to town and beats the shit out of them. Internet Dave. You know what? I uh, I like Lay Cool being the champ, so I hope they have a long, long title run. They've already had a significant time with the championships, and I hope it continues Boo because that man. Boo that because man. it's a it's a great concept, and we don't have a lot of long title holders in this company anymore. So yeah, a lot of heat in the in the SNS studio for well, Internet the, Dave. Even the masses uh, listening on the exterior studio speakers outside uh, got up in arms about. About Dave's comments right there. Wow. Yeah. People are mad at you, Dave. You got some heat going on in here. Plus, I think it would be really cool to say that um, I wrestled the current Divas champion. Yeah. Divas champion. That'd be neat. Uh, it would be cool. And so, I saw them wrestle each other. No, and I've seen matches of them wrestling each other, so I can verify that as well. Uh, as far as my pick goes, I'm going to go with Natalia. Uh, I think that after everything she's gone through, she's been on the short end of the stick every time, um, you know, it's she's due. It, you know, the fact that she's got a two-on-one handicap match, I think she's going to overcome, and we're going to have a new unified Divas champion. It's going to be somebody that we're proud of, and that would be Natalia, Dave. Absolutely. I'd be ecstatic if she uh, <clears throat> won the Divas title just like I was when the, uh, the Hart Dynasty won the tag team titles. It would be absolutely fantastic, and uh, I hope... It really does come through, but my pick is my pick. So, you know what? We talk more. That's a good line. My pick is my pick. pick. Uh, we talk about more classic uh, WWE Survivor Series matches and concepts. Back to 1987, where th- there was a women's five on five match. And see if you can recall some of these names The Fabulous Moolah, obviously, Rockin' Robin, Velvet McIntyre. McIntyre. No relation to Drew. <laughs> no, that's right. And the Jumping Bomb Angels uh, from oh, Japan. We don't speak a very good English. We the Jumping Bomb Angels. Defeated Sensational Sherry, uh, the Glamour Girls, Leilani Kai and Judy Martin. Donna Chris- Christian Ello. Donna Christian Ello and Don Marie. The, I guess wow. the first Don Not Marie. Not to be confused with Don Marie. Yeah, not to be confused with I take people's money and give it to myself when I'm trying to collect for charities for professional wrestlers, Don Marie. Yes, let's make sure that we verify that, please. And Dave, the uh, the cross section of uh, of women wrestlers that you you just read out there is is astounding to me. You had some 
young ones and some old ones and some in-between ones. I haven't heard the name Velvet McIntyre in many years. She was uh, a girl originally from Seattle, Washington, who uh, made her mark in the former All-Star Wrestling promotion out of Vancouver under the tutelage of none other than uh, Diamond Timothy Flowers and, uh, oh my. Al, and Sergeant Master Al Tomko. She was a hell of a wrestler, actually. Sharpshooter is locked in as Natalia. Wow! Oh! And, yeah! oh, she did it! That was a little weird because, no, I mean, she didn't have it locked in that long. Yeah, and, baby! And, 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 and there was there was Michelle tapping like Sammy Davis as we give a big clap out to uh, Natalia. Natty's beside herself and, when and, you... leg and le is legitimately, I believe, overcome with joy and nostalgia and is crying in the ring uh, as she has just won her first ever major WWE championship in the Divas title harmony. When you mess with the best, you die like the rest. Yeah, baby! Wow, that brings back memories. Uh, Harmony cutting an old Natalia Nightheart promo from Stampede uh -oh. Wrestling. Smash! As her victory is short-lived, <laughs> we've got Lakel. Cool. She still won. She still has the belt. doesn't matter if she gets her ass kicked. That's true. But now Lakel taking it to Natty Nightheart. But you know uh -oh. what? Congratulations to the first third-generation women's slash divas champion Ever. in professional wrestling yeah. history. And uh, the finish basically came from the idea that uh -oh. Phoenix is back, ladies and gentlemen, and she is coming to the aid of Natalia Neidhart as she takes out uh, Michelle McCool and Layla. She's a house of fire. She was uh, definitely moving as quickly as I've ever seen her move, and she's jacked. I think she's on about eight cycles right now. Look at her arms. And, and I think she's clearing out the, the ring to set up a showdown between her and Natty. And if we could get a program between the two of those, I think those would be some great matches. Beth Phoenix and Natty, good stuff. Yeah, lamb slam as Layla is laid out. And not only does Beth Phoenix look like she's uh, jacked, but I think she's had some new implants. And they're awfully white and fuzzy. As we've got the hug. <laughs> no, she's, she's happy. She's happy for her. Wow. Oh, oh, oh. Ooh, Beth almost dropped Natty, but she recovered. Yeah, basically both nice. members of Lake Cool were, uh, were on, the, on the apron at the same time, and Natty moved out of the way, and they ran into each other, which left Michelle McCool in the ring. Quick uh, transition into the, uh, the sharpshooter and a quick tap, and Natalia is your new champion. Congratulations, Natty. She certainly deserves it. This woman is what I'd say the top ten women wrestlers who actually can wrestle. Yeah, I would agree with that statement. And having uh, known Natty since she was about two, um, Natty's sisters both used to work for me at a fine establishment here in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And I've known Natty for a very, very long time. And trust me when I say nobody is more passionate about the industry and her family and the heritage of her family. She is a venerable walking encyclopedia just like some of her uncles um and some of her cousins um and and she has been doing a just an outstanding job lately on wwe programming and uh, uh for those that don't know her nobody is more deserving of a major championship after a long career and climb to the top than natalia neidhart for sure and no, I don't think that Natalia is going to give Beth one of these belts. 
Thank God we're back to having one belt. Oh, man. So, uh, Harmony, you, you had mentioned that you thought that maybe Beth and, and, and Natty might be having a program together, but that would, uh, prior to that happening, it, it, it would probably encompass a bit of a Beth Phoenix heel turn. It, it would. Well, Beth Phoenix is definitely better as as a heel. Um, but I know that the two of them were close prior to um, Natty and Beth making their debuts on, on the big shows. Um, they were quite close. And I think that Beth genuinely is really happy for Natty. But I, I really, truly believe the two of them would have some great matches. If you think back to, to Trish and Victoria, why were their matches so great? Because they were both stiff as fuck. And Beth Phoenix and Natty... They'd be having some great matches too. Well, I'm going to say this now. You bring up uh, a good possibility about seeing a program between Beth Phoenix and, of course, Natty uh, for the Divas Championship. And I think that's going to happen. And I think it's going to happen at WrestleMania. What better venue do you have yeah. a match of that caliber than at a WrestleMania? That gives plenty of time for the heel turn to come in effect, whether it's Natty or Beth Phoenix. I think WrestleMania is where you're going to see those two face off because. That's going to be a big, big match for both of those. Well, that'll be some great uh, future fantasy booking, and I think that uh, we can only hope that, in fact, it does take place because they are, they are arguably the the two best wrestlers in the women's division in w- in World Wrestling Entertainment right now, bar none. And it looks like right now we're setting up for the World Heavyweight Championship, uh, Kane defending the world heavyweight championship against edge who has been on a uh, massive face push since jumping to the smackdown brand after being released from raw by the anonymous general manager or at least drafted to raw or to smackdown excuse me right but uh, the storyline here is the fact that edge has gotten the better of kane by kidnapping his father paul bearer and i wonder how that's going to play out here tonight um, I'm very intrigued at how well this match is going to go. I'm not really big on Edge. I mean, he has his moments where I think he does very good in the ring. I, but Edge is always somebody that relies on somebody else. Uh, Edge and Christian were, you know, a unit, and they were ex- they were successful. You know, Edge as a face on his own has, you know, pretty much, you know, failed many times over. And it wasn't until the whole Matt Hardy Edge Lita Love Triangle that, you know, he found new ground as a main event star because he had also um, Lita in his corner. And even looking at his heel run on SmackDown when he was the husband or boyfriend or boy toy to Vicky Guerrero, I mean, he plays well off people that can get him heat. Vicky Guerrero has heat regardless. All she has to do is, excuse me, instant heat for Vicky Guerrero. Okay? Or stand there. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, she has instant heat. But here's the thing. Like, you know, I just don't know if this is going to work out for Edge in the long run. I, I, I'm almost thinking Edge is going to be done soon. There's not really much else for him to do. Well, Edge has had some huge success in World Wrestling Entertainment for a very long time. For many of the reasons you just mentioned, uh, JJ, I think that... Without a doubt, his uh, his best time uh, as far as work uh, was no doubt in my mind when when ENC Edge and Christian were a babyface tag team. Um, that was a very long time ago, 
And having known Adam Copeland personally for a number of years, although I haven't talked to him in a couple, um, he is what you would call a quote-unquote team player and really has never had a problem with anything really that the office has put to him as far as storylines go. I know that he was, for a time, he was very upset that, that they split the team uh, of Edge and Christian and, and, and subsequently uh, looking back on the scenario, it was a, a huge uh, start to the push of his singles career and he's uh, he's had much, much success. I, I'm just not quite sure whether the end is imminent as far as his career, but you know, you, you really have to, to look at his physicality and his body type over the last year to year and a half and he's really uh, obviously off any body enhancing uh, supplements that he illegal or otherwise that uh, that he would have been taking at the time and uh, he doesn't look that that great um, yet I think that the way that he has looked really worked in his psychotic paranoid heel persona and that really although he seems to be on the surface at least to me quite over with with the with the WWE universe right now um that i i think that uh they they need to feed his character something else jj yeah i don't know man i i'm just you're indifferent i'm indifferent i, I don't really know i mean i i will say this i have enjoyed kane's run as world heavyweight champion i think kane is better now than he has ever been I would at agree this with point that in his career absolutely 100 percent and so uh, I'm interested to see how this is going to play out. While Edge is making his entrance, why don't we go ahead and uh, make our predictions for quick picks on who goes over here and why. I'm going to start things o- off here. Um, to be honest, I think that Kane is going to retain this championship. I don't see any way around it. I don't think Edge needs another title run. And I, don't th- I think Edge would be better chasing the title than holding it. Unless Edge has, you know, Vicky Guerrero or somebody to kind of back, I just don't think he's going to be uh, utilized correctly. I know he's got Paul Bear. He's fixing to, as he's making the motions, he's going to bring him out right now. Uh, I'm going to stick with Kane retaining the World Heavyweight Championship right here at Survivor Series. Uh, Dave, what do you got? You know what? Uh, Edge has had a plan, and he's executed that plan, and for... You had to have some sort of plan to try to defeat the man who's defeated The Undertaker in three straight pay-per-view matches, including literally burying him alive. So uh, Edge has done everything he can. I just don't think it's going to be enough. I have uh, Kane retaining to match JJ's quick pick. Mark the Shark to Carlo. Well, you know, uh, given my soliloquy and explanation of what I've, I've thought about Edge is a uh, character in his career in the past, and and presently, I just can't see them taking the strap off of Kane at this point. So my quick pick is Kane. Oh, as Edge paintbrushes Kane, we're off the get go. Boom, boom. What you got? Well, I'd, I'd like to say it would be Edge, but I don't think they're done with Kane and Undertaker um, when Undertaker is healthy enough to come back, and I think that Kane needs to have the belt when that happens. So we have a clean sweep, and we have a clean sweep for the first time this evening. So it's been... Uh, you know what that means, Dave. We'll all be wrong. Well, that's ha- we've had a history of being 
unanimously uh-huh. wrong when we were on uh, making the same quick pick, however. Well, I mean, that tells you something where uh, Kane and The Undertaker, this had gone from literally the last day of May right until October, and they just had not built up a, a good quality list of opponents for him to go against for for Kane to to take the next step with. I mean, I think Big Show would have been a better pick just because giant versus giant and that whole issue again but i mean edge got traded back to smackdown for uh for cm punk who went to raw who's not on the card tonight and mind games can work very very well if edge can make it work for himself i mean i could almost see a situation arise where edge would win the title tonight and then next month going into tables ladders and chairs the tlc pay-per-view i could see a rematch between the two but i just you know i mean that is his signature match he's only lost that match once or twice i think john cena was the last person to beat him in a tlc match but uh i don't know i i I just i feel like kane needs to retain uh the undertaker has had successful surgery there really is it's a bleak timetable to think he's going to make it to wrestlemania this year i really don't think he's going to be involved with the show and if he's not, then that's fine. Give him a year to heal, and don't bring him back till next WrestleMania, and give him that final run. The Undertaker needs to, re- to heal from these nagging injuries that he has. I mean, he's in pretty bad shape, guys. Absolutely, and I mean, obviously he he had successful sh- successful surgery, as you just mentioned, and uh, hopefully he takes wow. a significant amount of time off. And I mean, even if Kane does retain here. Edge can say, hey, the next pay-per-view is called TLC. That's my specialty. That's what I'm better at than anyone in the history of this company. So uh, let's do this again, and I'll use all the weapons to my advantage. Well, and, uh, you know, having said all of that, Dave, I-, I really think that a case could be made for, in fact, if the office knows that Mark Calloway, the Undertaker, is not going to be in any shape for... Um, a final run, a final mania run in which you would surmise that they'd want to in- induct him into the World Wrestling Entertainment Hall of Fame the night before mania uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, this coming year, that, uh, in fact, they might want to continue to mess about and play around with the whole Kane edge Paul Bearer storyline. And, of course, as we saw Edge earlier on, uh, bring out an empty wheelchair signifying that he still has Paul Bearer locked up, maybe even tied up and uh, uh, his mouth taped over with the gaff tape like we witnessed on uh, Friday Night SmackDown, that, in fact, J.J., maybe this feud is far from over. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's a good point. Mark the Shark to Carlo. Exactly. And you know what, guys? Um, <clears throat> we'll go back to some more uh, Survivor Series memories. Now, a pay-per-view that I really enjoyed was, out. well, I mean, outside of the, the original one, the original one was fantastic. And, I mean, the, the main event the main event in that one was uh, Andre the Giant, One Man Gang, King Kong Bundy, Butch Reed, and Rick Ru- and Rick Rude defeating Hulk Hogan, Paul Orndorff, Don Morocco, Ken Patera, and Bam Bam Bigelow, and of course uh, Andre got the uh, <clears throat> the final pin on 
on Bam Bam. And, of course, then Hogan came down to save him, and Hogan is the one posing at the very end. So it was uh, another Hogan-esque show, even though he was eliminated uh, sixth in the contest after uh, being counted out. It was all about him, and unfortunately uh, it wasn't Bam Bam's moment, and it wasn't even Andre's moment. But uh, a very good start to that show, and I remember when the uh, the VHS came out in Canada because we couldn't get it at that time. I had to wait quite a while at my local video store to uh, get the, the Coliseum home video presentation of the original Survivor Series because that was a very solid card. There were only four matches on the card, and, of course, we've talked about three of the four, the... Uh, the remainder was the kind of like, let's just say, the Intercontinental level uh, Survivor Series match. Randy Savage, Jake Roberts, Ricky Steamboat, Bruce Beefcake, and Jim Duggan defeated, wow. defeated, yeah, defeated the Honky Tonk Man, Hercules, Danny Davis, Ron Bass, and Harley Race. Jesus. That's a cross-section of uh, <laughs> a who's who <laughs> at, the, at the time in, in the world of pro wrestling. Yeah, exactly. And, Unreal. Uh, that was in... The Richfield Coliseum, which is just outside of Akron, Ohio. Well, Dave, I really enjoyed your res- retrospective look back at previous Survivor Series tonight. Good job on that. Um, and it just goes to show you how big Survivor Series was as one of the quote-unquote big four of the year and how the office has deteriorated it to the present day of which we were watching right now. Back in the day, where you blurted off all of the cards from days gone by. Wow. Uh, they were massive. Yeah, they were. And, uh, of course, there have been several different formats, several different uh, systems that they've used. Of course, the one year, they had everybody who survived their preliminary matches. As we can see, see Kane clearly talking to Edge here during this rest spot. Uh, we had the night where all the survivors from the preliminary matches came back and went at it again one more time. And I believe uh, Hogan, the under, uh, Hogan, the Ultimate Warrior, and and Tito Santana were the, the final survivors that evening. I'll double-check that to be safe. But, uh, yeah, Survivor Series has always been a big four. I mean, think about the idea that Survivor Series was the first major show after... WrestleMania three, where Hogan and, and Andre got to face each other again. Then, of course, after that Survivor Series, they had their main event match on NBC, which led to the uh, the controversy with the referees, and of course led to the WrestleMania four fourteen man tournament uh, to declare a new World Heavyweight Champion. And it was it was amazing how. Over a year, so little could happen when literally you could think that all of that could happen in two or three months in in today's terms. Well, I remember back in the day where the long-term setup for the formulation of the teams for various Survivor Series was a, uh, as you mentioned, Dave, a a long ongoing process that took a number of weeks, even a couple of months, to set up and, and have the fans believe and buy into who were on the uh, specific teams. And uh, if you look at the mag, the way that it was to the way that it is, even in the match right now between Kane 
and Edge with a major title on the line. How quiet the crowd in the American Airlines arena is. Well, I mean, like I said, I think they're just building up to Cena, and never has a referee gotten so much attention and overshadowed the two competitors in the ring. Very unique. And obviously, you know what? I mean, if we want to talk about that, I I really don't know what's going to happen here because I would think that a lot of people would really like the fact if John Cena took a, a few weeks off, a few months off to go film another one of these movies and just take a break and let WWE try to survive on its own. Would the ratings go from a 3.5 to a 2.2 overnight? I'd really doubt that. But, I mean, you have to think about what if John Cena had a long-term injury? What if he was in a car accident or or uh, had a, a, a nagging injury finally pop to the worse? Or he had the neck fusion surgery like Edge and Mysterio and Benoit had and were out for a year? What would they do in an emergency situation and how could they keep the fans attention i mean obviously mysterio's doing that that job on uh on smackdown right now and the fans are really behind the big show for being the big kind of lovable teddy bear baby face that he is and they really wanted to see the undertaker and are disappointed that he's away right now but what's going to happen on the raw brand if if john cena were to go down for a long-term injury well triple h might be back soon dave you might yeah. You know? Uh, who knows? Just, just maybe, saying. Just saying. Yeah, maybe Cena gets eliminated tonight, gets fired tonight, and uh, Triple H returns. Well, and you know, any scenario might play itself out in front of our very eyes tonight on the uh, 2010 version of the Survivor Series from the American Airlines Arena in Miami, Florida. But um, do you really think for one second that they're going to, in the in the whole Cena scenario that they're going to get rid of him, if only storyline-wise. I remember when Raw was here at the uh, Scotiabank Saddledome here in Calgary uh, a few short weeks ago, the amount of children that were standing in line waiting in a high level of anticipation, waiting to spend mommy and daddy's money on John Cena uh, gimmicks and apparel and... uh, as we see Edge going for an, and he hits an execution on Kane, but uh, I think is sort of out of gas and really can't follow it up properly. And both Edge and Kane are on their backs looking up at the lights. But uh, uh, it'll be interesting. Obviously, they've put a lot of time and explicit and meticulous effort into the whole um, Cena Nexus storyline, and tonight is the blow-off, and it'll be interesting to see what they do a little bit later on. Well, just the fact that it's finally over with. It's it's done once and for all. Either Cena gets Wade Barrett the title and he's out of Nexus, or he gets fired and all the speculation finally, finally ends. Could it be the beginning of the end right here? No. As we see, I saw Kane administer a chokeslam on Edge and... Uh, uh, the end is not near yet. <laughs> well, I mean, I think a lot of the fans over 30 would like to see a lot of the fans, let's say under 10, not be happy that uh, that Cena would be fired. But at the same time, we think back to the promo that Rowdy Roddy Piper cut this past Monday on Raw, right. talking about if if you're 
if your job is is enough to to destroy the uh, the entire legacy of of the WWE Championship that several of us it should spear on Kane, Dave. There it is. Oh no! Wow. But just a minute. Are we going to have some sh referee chicanery? Both both participants, both of their shoulders on both participants were on the mat. Unless I'm missing something. No, the referee. No, no. The referee saying no. No, it's no. It's a double pin. I think both men had their arms nope. on the other guy. That's, that's right. The referee has corrected ring announcer Tony Schimmel. I think it's a draw. No, he's giving it to Kane. And he's giving it to Kane. Yeah. They can't hear you. I think they're giving. Well, they are giving it to Kane. I mean, yep. Edge hit the spear. Both men's and shoulders the were the down. The referee's explaining to Tony Schimmel what the case is, and Schimmel will be making the announcement right now. Both, I was right. Therefore, the champion retains. Right. A tie. JJ, are there ties in wrestling? No, I believe that would be a draw. Draw, yeah. I don't believe there are ties, ties? in professional no. wrestling. Who the hell just fed that to him? Oh, say it's a tie. Are you fucking kidding me? It's a draw, people. And is Vince title, in his ear? <laughs> the title does not change hands on a draw. On a draw. We've no. seen this several times before uh, with the likes of Flair and Steamboat. We've seen it with Michaels uh -oh. and uh, Bang and the British Bulldog. I mean, we've seen this enough times that, yeah, a, a tie? Are you fucking kidding me? I can't believe that Tony Schimmel, and I'm sure he did not, J.J. say it on his own, he was fed that. It was a tie. Wow. What, is there going to be a shootout now? <laughs> Vince likes or some overtime, but maybe? We're, well, we're not going to overtime, Harmony. No, no. Vince likes to create new terminology for wrestler, wrestling. True. If you remember, there are no more wrestlers there for a little while. Well, there weren't any more wrestlers there no. for a little while. They were superstars. Sports entertainers as well. Yeah, so were. we all picked Kane to go over here, and since Kane retained the belt, we all get the point. That's right. Absolutely right. Although and, and I'm sure that Trey would probably be like. He'd be disputing. Calling shenanigans. Yes. But, oh, well, he's as, not here. As so. we see Edge sit Kane down in the wheelchair and, uh-oh, here we go. He can't, he, he's too heavy. He can't, he can't wheel him. Right, now he's got him going. Oh, this is an epic fail. Oh, oh right oh, through the wow. barrier. Right through the <laughs> barrier. Well, you know what? I don't mind the draw building up the rematch for TLC where it's more of Edge's specialty. I don't mind this at all. Tony Chimmel calling it a tie is silly, but the fact that it's a draw and and Edge has the advantage uh, on on the 19th when we do this again, I don't mind this at, at all. I mean, how, how do you lose a match and, dem and demand a, uh, a rematch? So this is fine with me. Well, like I said, I figured there would have to be some sort of match at TLC, considering it is Edge's speciality. Correct. So this is a good way to set that up. But we're seeing the uh, the finish as Edge hits the spear, goes down for the pin. Oh, that was so so obvious. That was pretty contrived because, I mean, Edge just basically rolls over in distress, even though he was the one that hit the yeah. offensive move. So both of his shoulders could be down. That was a bit of a giveaway. But you know what? Um, <clears throat> JJ, I'm sure you'd agree that the, over the course of the history of sports entertainment, professional wrestling, the number of broadways or double countouts or double disqualifications uh, as a means 
to have a finish of a match yet continue along with a feud has long been a, a booking standard in the business and we witness it again tonight absolutely uh with that said guys we're going to take uh the next commercial break of the night right here on sunday night showdown hang on actually hang on one second dave if you'll uh run down the card real quick before we go to commercial break everything that's happened so far sure just uh give me half a second but uh we'll get it we'll get it updated here in, in a moment uh, the next Okay, Daniel Bryan over Ted DiBiase, excellent. John Morrison over Sheamus, excellent. Dolph Ziggler over Caval, excellent. Team Mysterio over Team Del Rio. Natalia, the new Divas champion, defeating Layla and Michelle McCool, one-on-two in the handicap match. Excellent. And uh, Kane and Edge draw. Uh, we have the tag team titles next. And then uh, Orton Barrett. All right, so with that said, we'll be right back right after this for more Sunday Night Showdown with your continuing coverage of the Survivor Series pay-per-view. Excellent. What's up, everybody? This is Marcus Stevenson from THQ, and you're listening to the SMS Radio Network. Bud Light presents Real American Heroes. Real American Heroes. Today, we salute you, Mr. Pro Wrestling Wardrobe Designer. Mr. Pro Wrestling Wardrobe Designer. While lesser designers would shy away from putting 300-pound men in spandex, you embrace it. Yes, you do. Pushing fashion to its limits, literally, you pair tights with a cape, a leotard with a mask, leather boots with a thong. All understated ways of saying, I'm going to rip your head off and look fabulous doing it. So crack open an ice cold Bud Light, Mr. Pro Wrestling Wardrobe Guy. Because without you, a man crushing another man's head in his arms would just look silly. Mr. Pro Wrestling Wardrobe Design. Bud Light Beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. What's up, gang? It's the Trey Dog from Wrestling News Live. Just want to make sure you've tuned in to JJ Sexay and unplugged on so Friday night. There's one bit of news if we need to tackle. Here's what you're missing. Do you really have to? Don't think you're getting away from this one, my friend. Do you really want to pay it? Do you really want to? Okay. Hulk Hogan was um, basically um, paid to advertise Def Jam Rap Star. He was recorded playing or singing with his daughter, Brooke, and Jimmy Hart when he decided to, uh, let's just say, show the family jewels on camera. He decided to flash his junk, ladies and gentlemen. And I don't know what's more disturbing. The fact that 
in 2010, Hulk Hogan is trying to rap like the Notorious Big, and he's got Jimmy Hart and his daughter in the room present, and he decides to to flash his junk at the cameraman. Thank God it was censored. Wanting to show his little Hulkster to the world. At least when I sang, I came a pants on Hulk. Well, let's put it this way. I'm, I'm sure that, you know, had they not censored it out, we'd know why Linda Hogan was sleeping with a 19-year-old. I'm, pre- I'm, I'm pretty sure that the four-inch python didn't get the job done there. I'm just saying. Everything shrinks with age, and it gets a little more wrinklier. But did I really need to see Hulk Hogan's junk while he's rapping? Come on, man. I don't know what disturbs me more, the fact that he actually tried to show his junk or the fact that his daughter was right there when he did it. Dude, the four-inch python. Uh, what you so, gonna do, sister, when the four-inch python runs wild on you? I mean, you know what, what scares me more, Crelly? There, There's gonna be this fucking wrestling nursing home, and it's gonna have the likes of Hulk Hogan and the nature boy Ric Flair and the fucking warrior running around. Flair's gonna be running around the halls naked with his fucking robe. You know, go woo, woo, woo. And the Hulkster's, what you gonna do, brother, with the four-inch python? Woo! And Flair's still gonna be wooing around there. Then the Warrior's gonna run around. Oh, oh, Hogan, the four-inch python is no match for the little Warrior. I mean, dude, is this what we're looking forward to in ten years? How would you like to be the fucking attendant that works that place, man? Holy God! (laughs) What has the world come to? 2012 and it's all gonna end people Jen Bloodsworth is a real WWE customer not a superstar so to help tell her story we hired hacksaw Jim Duggan this weekend was Black Friday and the malls were packed ho 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 I didn't know what to get my family so I clicked on WWE shop.com where they have all the latest WWE merchandise ready to ship why they quit making those foam two-by-fours anyway? The kids really loved them. Tough guy! I took care of my entire family in just under 10 minutes without leaving the house. This is a great country or what? USA! USA! WWEshop.com. Real superstars. Real savings. Can you dig it, sucker? Sucker! Uh, this is Booker T, the five-time WCW champion, and you're listening to SNS Radio Network. Can you dig it, Sunday Night Showdown right here on the SNS Radio Network, bringing you live audio coverage of the Survivor Series, or at least the results 
and a little back and forth right here on Sunday Night Showdown, as we always do every pay-per-view Sunday, whether it's TNA or the WWE, which possibly in the near future we won't be covering TNA pay-per-views anymore because... I heard you say that this week. They may not exist. I got to be honest, I'm just not feeling TNA anymore. And, you know, I'm kind of sick of plopping down my 35, 40 bucks every month to watch TNA. And, you know, again, I'm not going to bash TNA, but I've reached a turning point. No pun intended. No, actually, I take that back. Pun intended. But I digress. We're not going to get into TNA talk tonight. We are talking about the WWE. We're talking about the Survivor Series. And I don't know what annual Survivor Series this is. I'm sure Dave will probably look that up. Number 24. It's the 24th annual Survivor Series. Right now in progress, we have the WWE. This is Sparta! Tag Team Championship match in progress as we have the Nexus, Heath Slater, and Justin Gabriel defending those titles against Kaz Tino, Santino Morella, and Vladimir Kozlov. With all the other members of Nexus around Internet to cause Dave, trouble. Uh, you talk a funny. Now I will crush you. I, I really like the, uh, the interaction this past Monday on Retro Raw between... Uh, Victor Vladimir Kozlov, and uh, of course the the Iron Sheik and uh, uh, his famous Russian slash Minnesotan uh, tag team partner uh, Igor Volkov. Now speaking of that, yes. there was there was a news story that came out this week, um, and, and of course before we get into that, I want to thank a couple of different sources. Uh, I want to thank WrestleZone for putting up the plug tonight for Sunday Night Showdown. Thank you. I still have a working relationship with WrestleZone as it relates to Sunday Night Showdown. They are very good about promoting uh, every Sunday Night Showdown right there on their website. So I want to thank Nick and Chris for that. Uh, but also, we do have a major announcement that I've unleashed today. Uh, Wrestling News Live, as you know, was using WrestleZone as the official news source for the, for the program. We have uh, recently traded up and we are now the official radio show of wrestlingonline.com and uh i want to thank colin vasilo for giving us that opportunity and uh, again if you're listening to this broadcast and you're looking to get the latest wrestling news go over to wrestlingonline.com they actually have a uh, newsletter that goes out multiple times a week with over twenty-six thousand subscribers so go join. It's free. You get the newsletter a few times a week, and it's definitely worth your buck. Uh, so big props to Wrestling Online and, of course, WrestleZone.com. Uh, the finish of the match just happened. It's no surprise the Nexus are still your tag team champions. This match was so short we didn't even get predictions on it. Well, but we all had Nexus, I believe. We yeah. all had Nexus to go over, though. Wait. Uh-oh. The Rod- anonymous general manager has a message. For the Nexus. Well, it was uh, six on two, basically, the entire match. And now Santino and uh, Kozlov have uh, lost very, very quickly. But we'll see what the Raw anonymous email general manager has to say. ID, but, uh, do yeah, you we're, think we're all going to give ourselves a point for that ID, one. do you think that the ever in our lifetime that the <laughs> anonymous Raw general manager will become anonymous? And we'll find out who the hell it is. You think that's that's a that's the preamble, the precursor, the setup for the return of Vinnie Mac? 
Well, I mean, Vinnie Mac was the higher power, so do you really want Vinnie Mac to be the uh, anonymous general manager? Whatever Vinnie wants, Vinnie gets. If he's ready to come back on an on-camera role, which I really think that we're going to see in the not-too-distant future, but I think in some way, shape, or form, they're going to wrap it around the return of his son-in-law. Possibly very much so. Uh, JJ, what just happened here? What, what was the whole uh, thing that Cole was setting up through the anonymous Raw General Manager? Uh, basically, manager? to paraphrase the Raw General Manager, and I quote, <laughs> the Nexus was just reminded that they were banned from ringside for the main event of the evening, and if they interfere, it could cause serious repercussions on them. So there you go. Uh, just a quick reminder, the website is wrestling-online.com, and uh, so just keep that in mind. That's awfully dashing. Well, Internet Dave has been known as one dashing. step closer to dashing. No, no, no. Internet I, Dave. I didn't mean dashing Internet Dave. I meant the dash between wrestling online was dashing. Well, now, yes. and, and that's a good segue, but I want to ask Dave, because we haven't talked really much over the last week. Um, I know you've been shaving your legs. I know you've been. What? You know, uh, I know that you've been brushing your teeth using the bottled water. Yes. Um, that I'll admit to. You've been using the face mask because, I mean, look, your pores look magnif- magnificent. I mean, Thank to be you honest. Thank you very much. You, you really are. You want to slap you? No, not at all. Um, now, the big question in nose my hairs, mind. Nose hairs have improved. The nose hairs yeah, have improved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't look like you've got a bush coming out of your nose, which is nice. Thank you. Um, but I, I want to <laughs> ask, are you using the lip gloss when you go to bed to take care of those chapped lips? As I've said, I'm, I'm, every week I'm one step closer to dashing. <laughs> I, who knows how many steps there are left, but I will admit Quite a I few. have... Sorry. I will <laughs> I will admit I haven't reached the final step to dashing, which apparently is Sometime the lip, around mania? Which apparently is the lip gloss. But uh, the road to dashing continues one step at a time, and thank you for your support and for noticing the significant improvement since dashing Cody Rhodes has been my mentor. Thank you very much. If only I could get Dashing Cody Rhodes on the show Uh-oh. to give you some some mentor tips. Wait, wait. Well, hopefully he'll help Goldust. I, I unfortunately I do have a call coming in. It's not Dashing Cody Rhodes, ladies and gentlemen, but it is his father, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Dusty, what's going on? Well, JJ, thank you very much for bringing me on the show. It's always the pleasure to come back to Thunder Night Showdown, and uh, I'm so proud. I'm so proud of my boy Cody, and. Uh, here as the dashing Cody Rhodes tip that Internet Dave, if you will, is doing so good. He's just one step closer to dashing every week uh, right here on the FNF Radio Network. And I just want to say, Internet Dave, I'm so proud of you. You're like one of my boys. Keep up the good work and keep listening to my boy Cody because he's not going to steal you wrong. Uh, on a side note, Mark the Shark DiCarlo, it's good to see you back in the studio. And everybody, keep enjoying Sunday Night Showdown right here on the SNF Radio Network. And uh, I'm going to go back and uh, watch Survivor Series, y'all. Good night. The dream is out. Another step to being closer to dashing, never take dance lessons from Dusty Rhodes. Well, and, and you know what? And for those of you that don't know, um, one step closer, closer to dashing, Internet Dave does have, in fact, for those that don't know, the same body type as the dream. 
but I'm closer to dashing. Just don't wear the polka dots I'm next closer. time you come to the studio, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm closer to dashing than I ever have been before. JJ, has anybody on this or any other former network we've ever been associated with have had the amount of gimmicks and changing gimmicks as one internet, Dave? I don't think so. I mean, Dave is a gimmick upon himself. I mean, I don't know. I've I've had several monikers. I was the Gigolo. I was the Rated X King of Sex, the Sire of Desire. Yeah, you forgot that on Monday. I did. I did. Always pimping, ego tripping, Sire of Desire, the Gigolo JJ Sex. Yes, I forgot it. Again, I was hitting the eggnog or something. I don't know what was going on that made me forget, but... Yes, I did forget that. It's the season for the eggnog. It is. You know? It is. Yes. yes. And I had a pretty good time last night, and I'm suffering the effects today. So, well, wait a minute. I mean, wait a minute. <laughs> well, I mean, I was going to say uh, we can't really start the countdown to Christmas until we pass some insignificant third, fourth Thursday of of uh, of November oh, holiday. Just a minute. Just a minute. <clears throat> we already did a month and a half ago. Right, but coming up this Thursday. Is a big is a big day in the uh, DeCarlo household because, of course, there's the NFL triple header. Yes, yes, right? yes. Right, and then of course that's followed up by Black Friday, where in the United States, unfortunately not Canada, is some of the greatest retail sales known to humanity. JJ, when you're in the states, did did, did you always go out and shop on Black Friday? Oh God, no! I avoided. No? I avoided Black Friday like the plague. Are you kidding? People getting up at midnight just to camp out in the stores that open at 5, 6 in the morning. Again, Black Friday, the biggest shopping day of the year in the United States. There was a time in my life back in 1994 that I worked for Kmart. And I worked, I think, there for about a year. And... The holidays were the worst time, especially Black Friday. I remember being the only person in three sections on Black Friday. I worked sporting goods. I could. I actually was licensed to sell people guns. Believe it or not. God help us all. But not only, <laughs> not only, not only could I sell you a gun, but I could also sell you paint. So people would go in, get high off the paint, wow. and probably go on shooting sprees. I don't know. So with you, so work- maybe I'm responsible for a lot of that so stuff. With, I have no idea. With you working Black Friday, and with Kmart being the marketing. Uh yes yes <laughs> that would make sense that nothing make sense. nothing like a Kmart blue mart uh, nothing like a Kmart blue light special let me tell you right yeah no and as uh, we we are about to get ready lady and gentlemen for the main event of the evening and we'll finally find out after all of this time whether John Cena will be free or fired and whether Wade Barrett will be the new champion or whether the Viper, Randy Orton, will retain. It's all about to unfold all of those idiosyncrasies and storyline sidelines will be unfolding in front of our very eyes as we speak. All right, let me make a correction on something. I'm going to give credit to my good friend, the sensational Sean in the chat. He's actually the one that came up with the Huffing the paint and selling the gun joke on Unplugged Friday night. <laughs> I'll give him credit where it's due. That was all, Sean. Well, you don't, you don't want to bite somebody else's joke and not give them credit. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. That would be stealing. And we never do that <laughs> never, on the show. Ever. Although I will say, well, I won't say. We'll, we'll move on. What were we going to say? Nothing. Okay, Dave. It's time <laughs> for Randy Orton to come down to the ring. <laughs> <laughs> 
as uh, the biggest pop for the in the history of referees just took place, and it's uh, going to be it's going to be an interesting match. This is the this is finally finally the conclusion of a month of buildup. I mean, this is what people have been buying the show for, and like Piper said, seen as your career worth ruining the reputation and the legacy of this championship and randy orton it would very much prefer if uh, john cena called it right down the middle as well let's hope they book this to be as clean looking as possible and that uh, cena has to make a legitimate call rather than a uh, a cheat to win well you know this is the speculation of many people right now on the internet does John Cena cement a heel turn and be the one who's been behind the Nexus all along? Does he help Wade Barrett win the championship? Or does he get fired tonight, take some time off, and then maybe come back and say the Royal Rumble? There's a lot of questions, and tonight we're going to find out the answers. Here, Here's a, pres- a presumption, a perspective that I've been toying with in my half brain this week and that's the fact that that thank you i did um then in fact wade barrett does get a clean pin on randy orton by whatever means he would attain that and simply seen accounting to three would be just him doing his job as the referee and not in fact be part of some ulterior motive they might play it out like that I hope they do. I really do. I hope that uh, that John's or that uh, Randy Orton has Wade Barrett down for a legitimate one, two, three, and he counts the pin and and takes his his lumps. But the question too is is the dress to wrestle Miz going to appear and cash in Money in the Bank? I don't think he will because it's too obvious that he's trying to give up give off the impression that he will but dave time-wise it being about 24 minutes past the hour that scenario might play itself out jj now there was another speculation going on this week that wade barrett could in fact win the match become the wwe champion or maybe even randy orton would retain the belt and there's speculation that the miz could cash in his money in the bank briefcase tonight and win the championship right here tonight at Survivor Series. Uh, I want to thank Real Blackheart in the chat for sending me a PM. Apparently, on Twitter, Miz is tweeting that he's the new WWE champion. Wow. After what's-his-name this week got into severe shit from Vinnie Mac for tweeting. What's-his-name, of course? Joey Styles. Joey Styles. Um, yeah, but nobody watches NXT. Come on, give that's it a, true. That's true. What, what's funny is that he got into shit it. from the office for doing it. They're renewing it for another season. Appa- yeah. Apparently, I that I can't believe. Why? No, for everybody. Well, seasons one and two were pretty good, and uh, unfortunately, and I, I we we do get it actually on our television screens here in Canada Holy by cow. the by the Score Sports Television Network on Wednesday evenings. Um, uh, you know, as bad as it's been, there really hasn't been too much else on Wednesday nights lately. And, uh, no, not really. Prior to the Ultimate Fighter. And, uh, you know, they, they, it gives them an avenue to, uh, between FCW and between WWE, have a uh, an avenue to hone uh, some talent and bring them along through another 
another avenue for sure. Well, yeah, apparently the tweet would be that. Uh, let me see. Let me let me pull this up. Pull your tweet. Your winner and the new WWE champion, The Miz. He doesn't yeah, indicate it, what the date is. And it's such a. It, it would. It's obviously such a work because this is live. It's not pre-taped. It's actually happening right now. There's no time shift. So unless, you know, I blinked. He's tweeting from the locker room, damn it. That's got to be in some contravention. Well, either way, it's getting attention. Yeah. And, you know, the Miz is smart for doing that, you know. Unless, of course, he actually does win the belt tonight, and then he gets in shit from the office for doing that. I, I did read Possibly. something, uh, all kidding aside, to tell you the truth. I did read something that, in fact, the office wanted... The talent through their work, quote unquote, Facebook pages and Twitter to tweet and to put Facebook posts out there that correlate and coincide with storylines and their characters in the show. And I think that uh, uh, that is a very good idea, Dave. Well, I mean, it depends on who you know personally in the industry and, and what they, they really do. But, but really, to utilize storylines in social media, um, do you not agree, it is a very good ploy by the office to get an additional amount of um, speculation and talk out there about the product? Well, absolutely. I think, especially with Facebook, what a lot of wrestlers could do is they could have uh, two different Facebook accounts they could like sure personal, for, for a local reference personal and, and, and yeah, work for a yeah. local reference tyson kid there could be a tyson kid and there could be a tj wilson we're all on with tj wilson but tyson kid can be a different issue for people who want to be fans because right now you can look up tyson kid in the uh in facebook and very likely he will add you i mean every day it seems like uh tyson kid is now friends with 20 new people so obviously there's a certain allowance that vince is giving the wrestlers but two different angles for like i said personal friends versus the mass audience seems like the best idea i, b I believe we're just about ready to get an update from harmony no i was just gonna i was just gonna say lest we forget though there's a hell of a lot of fake people um on oh, yeah. facebook That's true. a yeah. lot of them are not legit um there are there are tyson kid um facebook pages and you can become a friend of Tyson Kidd, and it's not legit. True. A lot of those wrestling ones are, are on there. You, There's many people that are friends with Natalia on Facebook, and she closed her account down actually a few years ago. She doesn't have a legit one, but there's there's so many out there in, in any celebrity thing with Facebook that are, are uh, not not legit, and you're friends with a bunch of posers. Um, Twitter, though, does have a lot more of the legit people on it, yeah. and um, you're more likely to actually be friends with, with the person. But Facebook, it's a joke. Well, that's why the inventor of Twitter was so smart, because you think about a guy. Who's the guy um, from 70s show who's got like 3 million Twitter followers? What, Kutcher? Yeah, Ashton Kutcher. That's, like, he's not going to have 3 million Facebook friends, because he doesn't want to see 3 million people posting what they're doing that goes to his account. But if he can send out a Twitter update so that people who want to know what he's doing can find out in the least uh, objectionable way to his personal, uh, his personal life, I think Twitter's a great way to do it. And like I said, uh, the guy who in, or the girl who invented Twitter 
you deserve all the money you've earned from from that invention. Uh, she's I, got she's got a lot of it. She does. I just want to kind of break in and give an update on what's going on uh, in this main event match with Wade Barrett and Randy Orton. Uh, a moment ago, we saw John Cena kind of break something up and get in the face of Wade Barrett, allowing Randy Orton to hit a beautiful drop kick on Wade Barrett. I still think Orton has one of the best drop kicks in the business. Always has. Always gets a lot of elevation, and uh, obviously, uh, as a heel as he was for most of his career, uh, we didn't see it utilized that much. But uh, uh, you know, so far in this match, uh, guys, uh, John Cena has uh, broken up um, Barrett on the Viper, and likewise Orton on on Barrett. So it's kind of you know calling it right down the middle so far. So before we go any further, I mean, obviously this match is right in the middle of progress. We're seeing a little bit of what is going on with John Cena, Wade Barrett, and Randy Orton. Uh, let's go ahead and start our quick picks off. Internet Dave, you get the uh, you get the deuce up here Uh-oh. first. What happens, my friend? Oh, my God. Uh- <laughs> I feel oh, like I should be man. playing the Jeopardy music in the background. The the drama of this situation really has uh, built up, and it's a case where (laughs) I'm not going to be able to talk for ten minutes if you guys keep doing that. Um, (laughs) Orton. Really? Orton. With a step? Orton, no Miz. That's what I'm saying. Okay, Orton with a side of no Miz. Orton, Uh, no Miz. Mark the Shark to Carlo. Uh, I didn't know we were doing side plates. <laughs> well, that's a <laughs> part legi- of our quick bit. That's but a legitimate thought tonight. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's true. That's true. Um, well, as I've stated many, many times, I just can't see the company in the office uh, uh, showing John Cena the gimmick door, if you will. Um, so, therefore, Wade Barrett is my pick to become the new world heavyweight champion, therefore giving John Cena his freedom from the Nexus. And Miz or no Miz? Are we going to do that? Sure. Not if, no, you're not going to see Miz if if Barrett wins the title. No Miz. Uh, Barrett with a side of no Miz. (laughs) Boom, boom, you're up. What do you think is going to happen? Well, for my sanity's sake and, and my children's sake, I want to say Randy Orton, um, but I, I do think it's going to be Wade Barrett. And to close things out, I'm going to I'm going to concur with you as well. I believe that Barrett gets to win tonight. And you know, a lot of people will be like, you know, really, Barrett is just so young in his career to win that championship. But with the storyline that they've had in progress for the last little bit, where he is basically made John Cena his bitch. It just makes so much sense to put the title on Barrett. I personally almost want to see that John Cena heel turn. I know that that's what all the IWC wants. They want to see this massive heel turn. The problem is I just don't know that they can handle that merchandise loss. Well, TNA is taking that risk right now. Um, Let me just No, they're not. No, they're not. TNA is not taking that risk. Jeff Hardy has done nothing for them since day one he was the top guy in 2009 only in the wwe he's not a big draw for them i'm sorry 
I don't. I don't agree with that argument. I don't but know. Go ahead. I think. I think maybe based on past shows, I think Trey Dog may have an argument with you, and we'll see what happens. But um, that's fine. We always yeah, argue. That's what absolutely. makes wrestling news live. Wrestling news live. The the only good thing is the only person that could fire us is sitting over here to my right, and she's not going to do that <laughs> because she knows it's good for the ratings. I, I do. I do have a subsidiary question that I'd like to uh, have those of you around the uh, the studio answer in that. Okay, so Barrett goes over, and what is the if Barrett goes over and become the new champion, is there then some subsidiary heat from Randy Orton towards your referee John Cena having lost the title and it being perceived by Randy Orton that it was John Cena's fault? It'll depend on the circumstance of the finish. Right. Well, back to my pick. I say Barrett goes over. John Cena has already said that. He's done tonight with the Nexus either way. If, in fact, Barrett wins the title, he's free. And he said he's going to beat the living shit out of Wade Barrett. He said that for weeks now, yes. So it will be a prime opportunity for Miz to come down on a, on a card he hasn't been booked on and walk out of Survivor Series your champion. And it's only it, 834. It could fucking happen. But I think Absolutely. I, I'm going to say that Barrett wins the title. I'm iffy on Miz cashing in tonight. I can't see the heel-heel scenario you know what? at this point. I really want to see them hold off on that because Miz has not turned face. And I really want to see Miz do something special with that, maybe at WrestleMania. I don't think it's it's the time. I know everybody thinks that this should happen, but I'm going with Barrett for the win. And this is going to set up, obviously, a John Cena-Randy Orton feud. Uh you could even... Oh, something new. You could even... Uh, well, going into to, to Royal Rumble, possibly... But I think it's all got to culminate for Barrett and Cena at WrestleMania. I think he wins the championship tonight, whether he holds it till WrestleMania or whether he loses it at the Elimination Chamber in February. I think that, bottom line, you have to have Barrett-Cena in this one-on-one -on -one encounter at WrestleMania to make everything that John Cena has gone through over the last couple of months mean something. Now, having said that, uh, JJ, do you foresee in the not too distant future um, a Miz babyface turn? Um, I think it's possible, but I think you would have to turn Cena heel to make Miz face to make it mean something. Yes, yes, yes. I agree. But whether that happens or not, I do not know. That's a very slow count on the uh, part of John Cena. Very slow. And Barrett has every right to bitch about that. That was a slow count. Well, guys, the question I would have is, if Cena does the heel turn and says that Nexus was his idea from the very beginning, what would be the background on that? Why would he want to turn his back on the fans? And what would be the, the genesis of why suddenly he just felt like doing this? Because I've given my whole career to the fans of the WWE Universe, and I've gotten nothing. And now I'm going to make a difference for myself and do it all myself, basically. Isn't well, that what Hardy said? Look at it this way, Dave. How many times have we seen arenas boo John Cena out of the building? Yep. After everything he's done, people still hate his guts. And that's the easiest way for a recently turned heel to justify what he did. You know? I mean, you know, I'm not a huge John Cena fan by any stretch of the imagination. I respect what he does outside of the WWE. Oh, Barrett with a nice black hole slam-esque maneuver. As Matt Stryker just called it a black hole slam. So there you go. He did? He did. He did. He did. Oh, he did. 
That yeah, was, they're maybe, they're maybe. not watching TNA on Thursdays, of course not. Shark, go ahead. Um, you know the, the the setup right now is for some heat between Barrett and Cena, and and Barrett just told Cena, "You better pay attention to what's going on and make sure that I win, or you're going to be fired." So the the teasing as to what the continual tease um, as to what might happen with John Cena as an offshoot of uh, the finish of this match continues. Now we got dueling fans. Uh, Cena sucks, and I think Cena rocks. Perhaps is the other uh, the other side of this. And I think Orton's just feeling really overshadowed, and he wants to finish this off. To me, this is the the black trunk arm tattoo match. These two guys, <laughs> it's hard. Well, I mean, both of them have significant arm tattoos. Explain yourself, brother. They, Explain. Both, both of them have significant arm tattoos. They have black trunks, black uh, knee pads, and and black boots. You've been smoking some black hash, Dave. <laughs> well, I mean, the first thing you notice about Orton, or I, I think that me, facial scrub might be getting to his brain. Okay, well, maybe about it's... Wade Barrett is that arm tattoo. It's the same thing with. Uh, you're right. You're with, right. With Lita, like the first thing you noticed about her was that was that insane tattoo that she has, which is Wade looks fantastic. like Lita actually. Wade just uh, delivered the waist. <laughs> Wade just delivered the wasteland to Randy Orton. Uh oh, he's got him rolled over, but Orton's pretty close to the ropes. And well, again, has been legit. again, like I said, close to the ropes. What does Randy Orton do? He knows where he's at. He grabs the ropes. The pinfall is null and void. And a consistent count so far in the match by John Cena, although very animated and slow. Now, there was a recent interview that Wade, Wade Barrett, excuse me, uh, conducted uh, very recently with I, uh, it, it, I, I can't remember off the top of my head. Who did the interview with him? So I can't really give them a credit for it. But Wade talks about how, um, you know, there was a lot of tension with him when he first came into the WWE locker room um, as part of the NXT angle. Ooh. Orton look at that. Just, Sorry for interrupting, JJ, but uh, Randy Orton or John Cena. Oh, well, there you have it. Wow. Orton has just won the championship. He's retained the championship. Which means that John Cena has been fired. Done. And, and look at the look on Randy Orton's face like, geez, thanks for the help, but dude, you're just about ready to lose your fucking job. Well, he pushed Barrett. Uh, he, he pushed Barrett right into the RKO, the RKO by Randy Orton. And, and once again, Randy Orton giving the, ooh, dude, what did you just do look well, to he, John Cena? He did everything that he could have ex been expected to do, the integrity and, and, and the honesty and just doing what's right for the championship and sacrificing his own career for for the greater good guys well and uh, as the end of the match has just transpired and once again randy orton giving the hairy eyeball to uh john cena 20 minutes before the hour if the if the miz is gonna cash it in there's plenty of time to do it well, I mean, it was a it was a short match. It was a very routine match. There was nothing spectacular about it, but obviously, uh, what Cena did and the circumstance of what resulted was obviously much more of a. Uh, As of an we issue. see John Cena remove his uh, his referee shirt and the Nexus armband, the rest of the Nexus hit the ring and try to obliterate John Cena, but uh, Cena fights them all off. And as a matter of fact. 
Um, Randy Orton gave a little bit of helping hand to John Cena in fending off the Nexus. Breaking news. Breaking news. All children are crying, or at least all the children in my house are crying. Oh, is that what, what we heard was they were so mad that they were throwing around things upstairs? Why are they mad? Because John Cena... John Cena's fired! Well, he's not fired yet. No, Wade Barrett was escorted to yeah, the back, and he he isn't gonna he isn't gonna do it tonight. Maybe he's not gonna do it tonight. Maybe you're right, Dave. But here's John Cena with the WWE Championship belt, about to bring it back into the ring, and uh, make sure you have our tallies up for tonight, Dave. I yeah, want to make do. sure we cover that in a few minutes. Sure. And 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 uh, he's gonna present Randy Orton uh, with the championship belt as retaining the strap, and uh, maybe you're right, Dave. Maybe the the firing ceremony or the firing will be on Raw tomorrow night, maybe. Well, that's what you people uh, paid to find out what happens, and now people have to check out tomorrow night to see the official firing as uh, Wade Barrett was escorted out quickly by Nexus so that Cena could not do what he had promised to do after the match ended. I like seeing the mutual show of respect that, that was cool. between Orton yeah. and... Uh, and Cena, you can really tell that Randy's bothered by uh, by this. I mean, by, by what he knows is going to happen, right? Yeah. But I mean, again, we still have a few minutes left. Well, actually, not really. It's eight forty-three. True, they might be ending early. And- they usually end at about eight forty-five. So yeah, I don't think there's going to be any Miz cashing in tonight. I think it is what it is. Randy Orton still your WWE champion. I really feel like. Uh, I don't know. I kind of feel like they screwed this up. I really think that Barrett should have won this. Yeah, because now, how do you do anything but either within the next few minutes or tomorrow night on Monday Night Raw, how do you really do anything but have Wade Barrett fire John Cena? I mean, if you do anything else, the whole storyline over the last couple of months is just a bunch of bullshit. So really, how can you do anything else but have Wade Barrett fire John Cena? Well, I think we're probably fixing to see a little mic time by John Cena, perhaps. Unless they just fade to black right here. Is he going to say goodbye? Give his goodbyes? He might. he knows what's, what's about to happen. We don't see the, uh, uh, the WWE trademark end of the pay-per-view with the uh, insignia in the lower left column, but our lower left of the screen, but... Uh, you, you got. You really got to think something's going to happen here. They're not. They're not ending the show yet. Uh, Randy Orton is about to leave with said championship belt out of the back of the entrance gimmick once again for the last time, giving John Cena the hairy eyeball like, "Thanks, buddy, but what the hell's going to happen next?" And Cena's still in the ring. Orton's music has faded, and I really think we're we're about to see something else. Whether or not what JJ said, whether or not John Cena is going to uh, maybe a little prematurely give his goodbyes, but well, the something's going to happen. The announcers haven't spoken in about three or four minutes since the match ended, and Nexus interfered, but... Cena taking off his wristbands, Dave, and going to th- or actually not throw them out. He's going to leave them in the middle of the ring, and, and maybe this is his show of... Well, he realizes that he's he's done. Nobody's left the arena. Nobody's heading up the stair- stairways to to exit uh, the American Airlines Arena right now. But uh, they're, this is, they're they're not in Dallas. Well, or I, <laughs> they're Miami. 
There, yeah, I think there's two American Airlines arenas. I think Dallas and Miami, if I'm okay. not mistaken. So, um, they uh, are letting Cena do what he wants to do here. He may just cut a promo in the live crowd after the show goes to black. I, I, we'll I, see. He's, no, I, I think he's not saying anything. I think he's not going to say anything. Although maybe he's coming over and looking for a. Uh, oh, he's saying goodbye to the announced team, Michael Cole, giving Michael Cole hugs. Michael Cole not playing heel, Michael Cole. No, and he didn't. <laughs> he didn't acknowledge the king whatsoever. Wow. Wow. Signed guy getting the hug from Cena. Wow. What a, World's what most a, famous wrestling stra fan. Strange. What an interesting ending strange. to the Survivor Series pay-per-view. Yeah. He's accepting uh, leaving, and uh, he did what was the greater good, and he's sacrificing his career. Who knows how long he'll be gone. But uh, I just wonder is he is he in line to make a movie soon? That would be a good way to explain his absence. But well, you know what they were promoting right at the beginning of the show that uh, that that wait his... a minute, wait a minute. He smiled, and he's going back to the ring. Do I smell a heel turn here? Wait, what's he saying? No, he's thanking the audience. Oh, he's thanking. Oh, he's, yeah, he's watching at home. He yeah, said thank yeah, you. Thank you. All right. And it's just a case where uh, could he be a surprise entry in the Royal Rumble? We'll have to wait and see. Um, but his DVD set is, is going to come out either this Tuesday or the week after. Of course, a big uh, ideal Christmas gift, but... It actually came out on the 15th. Oh, it did come out on the 15th? Yeah. Okay. Because that's the first advertising I'd seen for it, so uh, was was tonight. Apparently it was ordered in this household. <laughs> I'm sure you didn't even know about the pre-ordering, did you? Uh, it wasn't ordered for me. No. It was ordered for, uh, I believe, our, one of our daughters. And there's the logo. It is the end of the show. No music bed, no announcing, no nothing. John Cena saying goodbye to the WWE Universe. Oh, no, he's got to say goodbye some more. Well, you know what? And if the first two minutes of this show is not um, Wade Barrett firing John Cena then the entire community is just going to shit on this entire angle. I mean, what's-his-name got paid off with the they angle and Jeff Hardy. So TN with, within TNA, they didn't Always double-cross. Always talking cross. about TNA on a WWE broadcast. They didn't, what the fuck? They didn't double-cross TNA. So, and, uh, He's been drinking the Trey Kool-Aid. Give a false surprise. So this is... They've got to they've got to fire him tomorrow. They absolutely have to. This is a very strange ending to a show. I have to admit, well, I, I, I'm very confused you, right now. You know, you know what? The only the only rhyme or reason that I could think up that why they're doing this is in fact that they're going to follow through to. tomorrow night with Wade Bar Barrett firing John Cena, and we're done. We're done, with Cena. He's going to be gone for a very long time, and I think that probably uh, in, in the real world. That a movie shoot um, probably would be in order, considering his last movie was such a blaring success. Well, I'll tell you, um, this reminds me of when uh, I was at SmackDown for August 2009, and Jeff Hardy uh, won his, his cage match, uh, dark match against CM Punk, and he knew that was the last time he was going to be in Edmonton, so he did this exact thing. He went around with the crowd. He must have been out there for 20 minutes. Uh, just thanking people, shaking hands, and and hug, uh, giving out hugs, and, and, and signing I'll, autographs. And I'll have Bret Hart at the last uh, WWE Raw show here at uh, the Pengrove Settlement. He was up for about a half an hour after. Yeah, but this is 
just weird. This is the yeah. end of a pay-per-view. We've had yeah. five minutes of him going around in the audience, high-fiving people and touching kids' heads. Because. Like, <laughs> what the hell kind of ending is this? This isn't making me want to watch Raw tomorrow. Well, the, this is making me they want to go console my child. Harmony, they want you to believe that this is, this is it. This is you're not oh. going to see John Cena anymore. Yeah. And tomorrow night on Raw, though they haven't said it, he's getting his ass fired. And so, this is him playing out the whole scenario. So the, now, actually, I would I wouldn't even think he'd be at Raw to be honest. To be, they basically said last week on Raw did, that that was right. could be the last time he was on Raw. So Wade Barrett did say that. Yes, I don't think it's going to be a question of if he's going to be there or not. I mean, unless they do some sort of. Uh, Austin McMahon kind of thing where he breaks into the arena and beats the shit out of the uh, the or Nexus. Buys it, buys well, well maybe Wade Barrett will want to bring him on to have the quote-unquote official firing of John Cena. Yeah, he could. I don't know. But he doesn't have to be there for that. No, he doesn't. So, I mean, I don't know. Again, very strange ending to the 2010 WWE Survivor Series. Were you about to say to a strange pay-per-view? No, it was a good paper. No, I very thought three quarters of it was outstanding. And yeah. b- before we actually take some calls and kind of wrap things up here, uh, why don't you run down all the action that happened tonight at the 2010 Survivor Series card, Dave? All right, and absolutely. More who won? Well, I will. Uh, I'll keep the suspense going for as long as I can as I review the uh, the eight matches in chronological order, and hopefully you all kept track and can figure out who won this without us even having to calculate it um hey there was a dark match r-truth beat zach Ryder, so uh you can use that as a tiebreaker uh daniel bryan over ted dibiase uh united states championship match uh retains his belt john morrison defeated sheamus and morrison looked great guys uh sheamus as as dyed red hair and eyebrows as we've ever seen but uh, john morrison looked really good and and like you said jj maybe this is is maybe tonight's the night that that something's going to happen and and this could be the beginning of something important for John Morrison. Uh, Dolph Ziggler over Caval, very good match as well. Team Mysterio defeated Team Del Rio in the Survivor Series elimination tag as Rey Mysterio and Big Show were the sole survivors. Natalia defeated Layla and Michelle McCool in a two-on-one handicap match to become the new Divas champion, and we've never seen somebody react that emotionally to uh, winning their first ever title maybe sh- uh, you could make the argument not since uh, Shawn michaels won his first championship well, then we have seen it before dave not i'm sorry not since then okay. is what i should have said uh well you do the editing for the archive so uh kane and kane and, <laughs> kane and edge have a draw and so like you said you have to imagine that a tie oh yeah i'm sorry a tie That's not a it. draw a tie one-to-one, uh, because one, they both earned a pinfall. Uh, so you have to assume that TLC will be part two of that issue. Uh, the Nexus, Heath Slater, and Justin Gabriel with a pretty unimpressive victory over Santino Morella and Vladimir Kozlov. And, of course, Randy Orton defeated Wade Barrett, which in the greater scheme of things means that John Cena has been fired. And the final totals, uh, JJ and Shark each had four. And Harmony and myself both had six. We have a tie, ladies and gentlemen. Not or, a, or a t- draw. <laughs> t- Tony Schimmel was right. We have a tie or a draw. <laughs> wow. Not only on the pay-per-view, but on quick picks tonight. A, a tie or a draw. 
Absolutely. So wow. <laughs> there you go. Six to six to four to four. And, I, for uh, one, would would like to go on record as saying it was a uh, it was a pleasure and and a lot of fun having Boom Boom back on yes, the broadcast absolutely. tonight. Outstanding. Definitely. I agree totally with she that. She has point. no comment, ladies and gentlemen. Well, you know what? Overwhelmed. Uh, are you going to be here for the 5th or the 19th when we do no. it all again? Neither. Really? Uh, okay. We'll have to fire up the uh, the SNS <laughs> radio network Learjet and bring her in. Yeah, we might. We might have to. Like I said, you know, overall, um, I, let's go ahead and rate the pay-per-view, you know, overall. Uh, Dave, what would you give it? Well, based on the matches I just ran down, um, everything was executed for the correct reason and in the correct format. And John Cena taking a lap around the arena was a little silly. I completely agree. He could have done that after the, the cameras had gone uh, gone black. But, uh, no, I was very impressed with the first three matches. Brian over DiBiase, Morrison over Sheamus, Ziggler over Guerrero. The, uh, the character... Uh, the character Ziggler over Caval. Yeah, Guerrero. Sorry, he he wasn't on this particular match. <laughs> Ziggler there, over Caval. My apologies. Ziggler wow. with Vicky Guerrero over Caval, and uh, I thought Mysterio and Del Rio was great. They were all playing up the characters. Alberto Del Rio uh, trying to be the the leading captain. Uh, Cody Rhodes refusing to get hit in the face and how they reacted to it. Uh, Natalia over Lay Cool with the return of Beth Phoenix. And Natalia is now uh, the Divas Champion and can appear on both shows. Kane and Edge, um, a, a really not great put-together finish where Edge spears Kane and then just decides to fall down and get pinned himself. Dave, Lexi's beside herself upstairs. She well, really is. Lexi, really pissed off. Lexi, Sienna, they're, they're both upset that John Cena is gone from the WWE. Uh, Heart, never, heartbreaking never. that I have to... Go and console my kids after the show well, because John Cena, their hero, has left the WWE because he made the right decision. Wait, yes, wait till I have to deal with my two boys. Yeah, that's three right. and six year old. They would not leave the the front of the gimmick table, uh, paraphernalia uh, merchandise table at the uh, Scotiabank Saddle Dome until I broke down and bought them the John Cena band set. Wait till they hear this. Uh, a minus for me. Okay. Mark, Mark the Shark to Carlo. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought that the ending was, uh, as Harmony so eloquently put, weird. Um, it was strange, but that, that was just them playing up the <laughs> fact that uh, they were, you know, that we were seeing the last of John Cena. I, I would give it a uh, very, very strong B+. Plus. JJ. Boom, boom. Give it a B plus as well, so that's what I'm going to do. B plus. Uh, for those of you that didn't hear her, she said B plus. Uh, I'm going to say that, you know, I just give it an A. I, it, to me, all the matches on the card were good. I didn't have any problems with any of the matches, with the exception of the Kane Edge finish, which I thought was pretty gay. <laughs> I mean, no offense. It, I think I said contrived, but but gay might work too. I guess. Uh, when nothing gay about it. When Edge... When <laughs> well, Edge, well, wait a minute. Hold wait a on, minute. There hold was on. two men lying on each other, yes. so really that can be construed <laughs> when, as when Edge being rolled rather over, gay. Right. When Edge you know? rolled over onto Kane and it just kind of expired, it, that to me was kind of gay. So I'm sorry. All, so all the other matches had very heterosexual endings to them? 
Um, well, except for Ziggles, because he he was pretty much you know grabbing the uh, the ass of Caval with the uh, with the tights. <laughs> so yeah, I, I guess there was a lot of gay stuff here tonight, but whatever. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, there's not. Not in the least. But again, uh, I'll give this pay per view an A, but with an asterisk, very strange ending. A asterisk. Very strange ending tonight, and. Unfortunately, when the show goes off the air, I must console the children. I've tried to explain to some of them that wrestling is indeed fake, but Lexi's three. It's staged. Fake. It's predetermined. Predetermined and staged. Okay, it's not fake. It's predetermined. Thank you. But at any rate, we're going to go open the phone lines, take a few calls before we wrap things up. Uh, if you want to reach us, it's 501-588-7957. Give us your thoughts and opinions on what you saw tonight. The 2010 WWE Survivor Series. Did you like the show? Are you scratching your head like the monkey at the zoo wondering what the fuck happened at the end of the show? Like, I want to hear your feedback. And if you have Skype, just add Sunday Night Showdown to your Skype, and you can join us with a free Skype-to-Skype call. Yeah! All right, well, you know what, guys? Don't forget... For December, we have a show in two weeks' time. That's uh, TNA Final Resolution. And four weeks' time is TLC. And then 2010 comes to an end. And with that said, let's go to the phone lines. We actually do have a caller on the line. Welcome to Sunday Night Showdown. Who's this? Hey, guys. It's Daryl O'Connor. What's the crack? Fella, what's up? <laughs> hey, fellas. What's the story? Oh, I don't know. Did, did, <laughs> watch, did you watch Survivor Series tonight? I did. I'm just. It's about four in the morning now, so it's just over. Um, I wasn't going to be honest with you. I actually wasn't going to order it. But then after after seeing the mid card matches that they did, I was like, "Oh, this looks pretty cool." So I sat down and watched it, and I agree with you guys completely. It was very, very, very strange. Just the ending of it. I haven't seen anything like that before, or at least in a long time. Anyway. Well, it's a significant moment in the history of the company. Yeah, because I well I. The facts are coming out. They're saying that he's been champion. Cena has been champion longer than The Rock's whole WWE career, and his championship reign has been longer than Stone Cold Steve Austin. So, in a way, actually, in a lot of ways, you're completely 100 percent right there, Dave. It's a significant moment. It's just it's something new. You know, you'd expect him to see on Raw rather than you know Survivor Series, which is one of the big four. It just it's kind of strange. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, there was so much speculation on what could happen tonight as far as John Cena. Uh, a lot of people pushing in the IWC for John Cena to turn heel. Uh, you know, a lot of people speculating that he would do the right thing and, uh, you know, make sure that the right person won the match. And, again, just a very strange ending. That's that's really the only thing I can say that ends this pay-per-view. I, I mean, a lot of the children in attendance – at the Survivor Series tonight, very upset that their role model, their hero, uh, you know, and some of them are in my house, <laughs> as Harmony just alluded to, um, has gone from the WWE. And I've got a very special song for all the John Cena fans tonight to special, close the show out. Special song? A very special song. Uh-oh. Well, it's a, it's a case it, it, where... It'll get the tears a-flowing for everybody. It, it's a case where, I mean, if parents are watching it with kids, you have to think that the parents are going to say, well... He did this for the greater good. He was not going to sacrifice his career or, or maintain his career just to screw over uh, Randy Orton. And like um, 
Rowdy Roddy Piper said on Monday, like spit on the the champions and and the fact that Barrett would become a champion, uh, basically through, through a, a through free a fix. Assi- through, through a, a fix, fix yeah. when guys like him and Steamboat and the guys that he mentioned were never WWE champion. I thought it was a great build up, but I mean, I'd love to hear from a fan who disagrees with this and that Cena's career should have been saved in order to double cross all all of the things that were mentioned over the last four weeks. But Dave, this is wrestling. Who gives a shit about the greater good? All that's important is getting the title and beating people down. Well, Cena thought of the greater good this evening. The greater good. It's good versus evil. Well, it's the same issue of of Seamus and Morrison with the whole bullying background. When push came to shove, and in the end, John Cena, at least storyline-wise, did the right thing, did not, was not part of a fix... And counted one, two, three. Although, let's not forget that he did push Wade Barrett into the Viper Randy Orton, which allowed Orton to administer the RKO and uh, get the pinfall, JJ. Well, that's a good point. Dare, are you still with us? Yep, still with you. I was just listening to what you're saying there. And I, I think, you know, a lot of this is the opportunity was there to turn Cena Hill. So I think. That was the real crux of the issue that this, that, that we've all really wanted to see Cena go heel. I think tonight was the biggest opportunity he had. So, no, I don't think we're going to get one. I think, you know, they went in and just put Cena forward as, you know, the sure thing in unsure times. You know, he's going to do the right thing no matter what, even if his career is going to be put on the line. So, it fits into exactly what John Cena's character is. So, it was, you know, from storyline point of view, only the right thing to do. Even though it kind of came off a bit weird, you know? No, I, I agree. And you know what? This could be a massive break for John Cena. Unless they have something major, you know, major swerve planned for tomorrow night on Raw, which they've all got us on a cliffhanger here. We're, we're all uh, going to tune in tomorrow night to find out what happens with the situation. Well, we all thought that that was going to be the scenario, JJ. <laughs> a blow-off to the whole storyline tonight, and we only got half. Well, okay, and, and that's a good point. I really think that... Uh, Time will tell. I mean, if, if in fact John Cena has something going on where he's got a movie that he's going to film or maybe he's just going to heal up from uh, from taking all the bumps that he's taken over the last little bit, maybe that's you know the scenario. I don't know, but uh, overall, a good pay-per-view, strange ending, uh, definitely a little unpredictable as to what they went down with. Uh, Dara, is there anything else before we, uh, before we wrap things up, my friend? Yeah, I just want to say one more thing. Um, the first hour was probably one of the best hours of pay-per-view I've seen all year. It was, you know, we got four really, really good matches. In particular, I really liked the Caval and Ziggler match. I don't know if you guys have seen the Drew and Caval match from Superstars in the UK, but Caval's really coming into his own now in the WWE. I think he's found this, he's found the curb, and I think we're going to see a lot of good things from him in the future. So that's pretty much it. I think, I yeah. think so. Well, Dara, thanks for calling in, my friend, and I will talk thanks to you soon. Home. Yeah, we don't have we'll talk uh, to Yeah, we don't have superstars in Canada since WGN kind of did their shift a few months ago. But Caval's really uh, becoming a WWE style wrestler. Yeah, I, I think I think that's the really important thing to know us now from his matches, and you know, fair play to him. So I'll talk to you guys later, and great show as always. All right, thanks, Dara. We'll talk to you soon. There it goes. Bye bye. It's windy and it's windy in Dara's uh, apartment. Uh, let Let's go back to the phone lines. I do believe we actually have another call on the line. Uh, welcome to Sunday Night Showdown. Who's this? Actually, Shark. It's windy on my end. 
gang. It's Don Juan. How are you? Don Juan, how are you, man? God damn. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's windy over here. I'm getting I'm getting the cold from uh, from JJ's end up in Canada, so Syracuse is starting to get a little nippy over here. Uh-oh. <laughs> where, where is Don Juan located right now? Syracuse. Syracuse, ah. New York. Horgeman. Yes. Actually, kind of work listening to the uh, listening to the recap uh, and to something I said while I was at work. So I kind of hustled out and said, you know, let me call them while I'm on my way home. Well, cool. What are your thoughts on uh, the, on the on the show tonight? Well, I'll say this: I, I kind of had two grades for the show, and here's why. From a wrestling standpoint, the majority of this show to me gets an A to an A plus. From a wrestling standpoint. From a WWE pay-per-view sports entertainment standpoint, it really, it really got more like a C range because there was, it really wasn't a WWE style pay-per-view. There was a lot more wrestling. There wasn't a lot of, you know, the whole gimmicky sports entertainment kind of stuff. And it was really kind of good besides this, you know, the Santino Cosmo match and the blow off of the abortion of a main event that they had. True. It, it, I mean, I didn't understand the scene of sending off either. I thought when he turned around and smiled that something was going to happen or that, you know, when Orton went backstage, the Miz was going to jump out and tease cashing it in but not cashing it in. But otherwise, I mean, in, in the long run, like I said, from a wrestling standpoint, which I think is more important, it, it really did, you know, get a good grade. Yeah, I mean, you know, for, for it being the Survivor Series, one of the big four every year, uh, you know, again, that... I think, uh, as it was alluded earlier, that first hour was just fantastic wrestling action back to back. Um, I wasn't really disappointed with anything on the card except, say, the Kane Edge finish, which I which I'd mentioned earlier. Uh, yeah, it's homosexual, JJ, not gay. Homosexual. Okay, homosexual. We got to be politically correct. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I'll say this much: I, I really was into it. I had mentioned in the chat room during the matches. I really would like to see Caval capture the, the Intercontinental title just so we could see a title unification match between Danielson and Caval. Well, I think everybody would hope to see an ROH kind of match, but you know Vince McMahon will never let that happen, even though the two guys could really go out and entertain. Just like we were talking about earlier regarding uh, Harry Smith and T.J. Wilson, you know they could have a great stampede wrestling style match to settle their feud but you know that they don't want to have those two guys overshadow the rest of the roster with their well, pure wrestling ability now hold on a second dave i don't understand why you would say that vince won't let that happen why would that not happen it would because be good an, for the business well because an roh style match it se seems to be only appealing to a small minority of the audience or else roh would draw better and think about the fact that for those first three matches which were wrestling match wrestling match wrestling match instead of sports entertainment matches in quotes the crowd in miami was very very quiet they were watching and popped for big moves but this was not uh a typical wwe style like like uh don wants talking about and it, it was a great show for wrestling fans but was it a great show for sports entertainment fans that's the question i mean and, and i go through this a lot because actually uh up at school, I, I am taking a, I'm a psych major, so I'm taking a psych and popular culture course. And one thing I've spoken about is, is unfortunately, WWE has conditioned its fan base to get so used to a certain type of style, which is why I think it's harder to get 
you know, certain guys over, you know, because they're not this sport entertainment style. One of the things that I used to think about that was great about guys like Shelton Benjamin or even John Morrison, they're, they, athletically, they are awesome performers, and they can do well in the ring. And if you let them go, they probably could go and put on an awesome match. But from a sports entertainment standpoint, when you put them next to the guys like a Cena, or you put them next to a guy like, you know, a Shawn Michaels, they're not going to, in the WWE standpoint, sell. They're not going to be those cash cows. And unfortunately, that's been the issue. These, the majority of the audiences at a pay-per-view is a bunch of, you know, tweeners. It's like a Justin Bieber concert front row at a WWE event. And Exactly. And how many of those people would like to watch ROH? Yeah, and none of them would. The problem is, the funny thing is... I love the video package that they showed for the people buying WrestleMania tickets in Atlanta during some of the shows on television because you see a lot of the older people buying tickets and saying, yeah, I love WWE. And it's funny because I'm, I'm, I'm young con- considering, but for a 23-year-old, if I tell people I'm a wrestling fan, I like watching wrestling, they look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> you know, and you'll find those small pockets of people who will kind of like hide that they're wrestling fans. Like wrestling fans, unfortunately... You know, we have to hide in the closet because people are like, oh, why are you a wrestling fan? You're not seven. Why are you going to watch wrestling? You know, well, but unfortunately, you, are, those aren't the people that go to these events. Are you a UFC fan also or just wrestling? Uh, put, put it to you like this. I remember watching UFC 1, okay, when it first came on, and I still think that some of the better fighters were from the old school of UFC. Yeah. So I do watch the new school UFC. I love the Brock Lesnar beatdown. Because I knew that Vince was probably laughing in Stanford, having himself a jolly good time, saying, you know what, uh, maybe now he'll realize why he shouldn't have left. Shark, any thoughts on that real quick? Well, I, I really think that uh, the fans that have historically been fans of professional wrestling that have become MMA fans um, because Brock Lesnar is in it now uh, has really escalated and is good for... Um, you for for the MMA world, and uh, I think that there's a lot of wrestling fans that do enjoy MMA. Yet the same cannot be said, obviously, for MMA fans that generally shit on the product that we love on a consistent basis. And uh, uh, having said all of that, uh, uh, I enjoyed last night's UFC show uh, main event: Quentin Rampage Jackson in a split decision. Victory! Oh my God, I couldn't believe he actually won that match over Leato the Dragon Machina. But as Dana White says, don't leave it in the judges' hands. And once again, we saw why. Uh, the semi-main event was very quick. Ding, ding, one, two, three, right cross, uh, two left punches, and Matt Hughes was out. And when he stood up, he went, what happened? But, uh, <laughs> no, listen, UFC lately has been uh, very, very interesting and uh um, you know, thanks to uh, everybody that uh, makes mention of it. Awesome. I, look, I love, I love MMA. Don't get me wrong. It's one of those things where it's, I watch it and I love it because of the realism and the grittiness of it. You know, there's nothing better than watching, you know, than when I was a kid watching Dan Severn pound the hell out of someone. You know, and so the idea of it is you can watch it and people know it's real. I, I remember still having arguments with friends of mine when they're like, oh, why do you watch wrestling? It's fake. And I'm like, really? Then why does he always get hurt? Why are these guys always hurt if this is fake? No one would ever get hurt. You know, 
it is scripted, but you know, it's 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 an awesome scripted event because you can still see guys put their bodies on the line. Yeah, guys aren't getting punched in the jaw, and they got the perfect timing for the snaps. But that doesn't mean people aren't getting hurt. That doesn't mean that you know, like Boom Boom said, you ain't got you don't got stiff workers who are going to give you a hell of a time when you get in the ring. That's true, and you know, wrestlers are some of the best athletes in the world. Regardless, better you know most most are better conditioned than you know football players, baseball players. So yeah, I mean I agree with that argument. Um, is there anything else before we kind of wrap things up, Don Juan? Uh, I'll just say this: I, I wouldn't be surprised if we're all swerved tomorrow night for the Cena angle. Um, I, I I do wish JJ the best in consoling the girls about tonight's outcome <laughs> and Shark for consoling the boys. I do wish you guys the best, but I do. I don't be surprised if we're swerved tomorrow for the angle, and probably something also on the Danielson on on the Daniel Bryan angle. I, I think depending on the severity of his injury, because I really think that was a legit injury, there might be something where they find a way to get the U.S. title off of him. Unfortunately, because I don't think while we've seen him work hurt before, I really don't think Vince is going to let him work hurt. I would agree, and I again, I I called that. I think that he is legit hurt. I mean, the force that he hit that uh, that barrier with, and you could tell right away. I mean, if he was selling that, fantastic job selling. But I really think he's legit hurt. So he struck out this time. He hit it on Jericho on NXT. I forgot who else he hit it on. I think once he made it to the Royal roster, I think he hit it on the Miz, and now he's done it again on the pay per view. And this time he hurt himself. So don't be surprised if, if I, I don't want to be surprised if Vince probably going to give him a licking backstage about you know putting his putting himself on the line like that especially when vince is trying to get him to be a main event star yeah that, that's a good possibility he needs to tone it down a little bit but uh all in all don juan thanks for the call my friend and we'll talk to you soon great insight anytime phone guys call. you have a great night you too brother very very great insightful phone call from uh, don juan all right we're gonna go to our last phone call of the evening uh back to the phone lines welcome to sunday night showdown who's this tm bronx again Roxy, what's up, buddy? Becoming an, becoming an internet wrestling radio whore here, I am. But, um, you know, the whole thing that I keep hearing about merchandise, man, the WWE can afford to lose out on Cena merchandise for a while. They really can. The interest it would spark turning Cena heel would make up for that money. But the, uh, here's the thing. I don't believe Cena's going to be gone. No way. The ending was nice. They made it really nice. But the thing is, let's say everyone's right, and it is about merchandising. Well, Cena being off the air and supposedly fired for a few weeks or months is going to cut into his merchandise just as much as if he turned heel because these little kids will find another hero. The teenage girls will find another hero, either in Orton or Edge or some other guy, and their merchandise will just you know, jump up. I don't think merchandising is a factor at all. Uh, I think it's just swerving us. And I still think a Cena heel turn is possible. How? I'm not sure, but why the hell would he hug Cole and not the King? I mean, you want to talk about the biggest heel in the WWE. I, right now, hate Cole more than Wade Barrett. And Cena hugs him and just turns his back on Jerry Lawler? Come on, man. Yeah, that that was definitely a bit of a, if you can read into it, uh, Bronxy, a a bit of a giveaway as to 
why he would do that. And we made mention of that on the broadcast as it was happening. And that, to me, is a bit of a hint, if, in fact, you want to read it like that, a bit of a hint as to what might transpire in the future. Oh, and Absolutely. That's, that's an interesting point that, that you're making. Uh, you know, like I said, in order for the WWE to kind of capitalize on something, you'd really have to turn Miz face because right now he's the only other guy on the cusp of uh, being the next big thing. I mean, Orton is, is not... Orton is a... His merchandise isn't moving as well as Cena. But the fans are behind Orton is what I'm trying to say. He's kind of a big deal, but at the same time, a lot of people aren't buying him as a face and would prefer him heel. But if you turn John Cena heel, you've got to have somebody to make up that revenue. Don't kid yourself, Bronx. The WWE is all about making the merchandise revenue. And that's a big deal to them. That's why Cena's been on top as long as he has is because he moves more merchandise than any other superstar. The only one that comes close would be Rey Mysterio. So it wouldn't surprise me for them to be holding back on this. I don't think John Cena's turning heel. I know that's what everybody's thinking, but I just don't see it right now. I don't think it's feasible. Yeah, but, I mean, we've gotten to the point now where, okay, I don't disagree with you at all. Let's say you're right. Let's say merchandise is as important to them as you say. But, I mean, then that tells me that, okay, we know it's a money-driven business. But, I mean, what happened to the days when a good storyline trumped everything? Trump merchandise, Trump any damn thing. I mean, me, maybe I just don't care about it as much because I'm freaking old. And I don't buy WWE stuff. I don't buy T-shirts and stuff like that. But to me, you know, I'm more willing to buy a pay-per-view. I'm more willing to tune in and give them ratings if it's a storyline that interests me. The IWC is sitting, I mean, just shaking, ready for Cena to turn heel. The IWC will mark out like, like a little kid if he does turn heel. And I'll guarantee you, raw ratings will jump just to see what he's going to do. Um, you know, maybe I'm just of the mind that this company has enough money. They might care about making more and more and more and more, but WWE and Vince McMahon aren't going to be begging on the street if, you know, the merchandising for Cena gets uh, cut for a while because he turns heel. You could always turn him face again. Take the damn loss for a few months because what you'll lose in merchandise, I guarantee you, you'll gain in, you know, uh, ratings and freaking pay-per-view sales just to, you know, to see what Cena's going to do next. I don't know. It's just me, well, man. I don't disagree with you, but... You, you make a good point, Brox, but, but see, here's the thing. The pay-per-view buy rates over the last couple of years are dropping. Uh, you know... I don't have the fiscal report in front of me, and I can't give you exact numbers because this is not the CNN of wrestling. But I will say this. They have dropped significantly over the last two or three years, and that is causing them to lose money. Uh, Google has been breaking down. I mean, there was a big story that popped up uh, over the weekend that Google is breaking down and uh, trying to shut down a lot of the illegal streams on behalf of the WWE. So they've lost a lot of revenue. Losing more revenue and having John Cena be gone or turn heel, I don't think is a smart move on their part at all. But I mean, that's just that's just me. I got you, but I'll just say one last thing. I have an idea. 
and I'm gonna my sarcasm is not directed towards you in any way. It's okay. directed towards the WWE. Here's an idea. How about instead of charging us fifty bucks for an HD stream, why don't you cut the goddamn price a little bit? You know, Vince McMahon thinks that everybody got his money. I mean I mean, you know, back when TNA had pay per view, they're guilty of this too. For like twenty five bucks, hey, that fits in my budget. Isn't it better to have a thousand people ordering at thirty bucks than have five hundred people ordering at you know fifty bucks? You're going to make the same money instead of spending money on lawyers and you know getting Google to do your dirty work and cut out streams. I got an idea: make the pay-per-views affordable so that in this crap economy, you know we're able to afford it and we'll order it. They raised the price from, I mean, it was like, what, thirty four ninety nine for a standard pay-per-view, non-HD, to like now 40 WrestleMania, you know, you got to go outside and, you know, hook to pay for WrestleMania. I mean, Jesus. I'm, I'm a little angry about that because these companies don't mind spending billions of dollars to do all kinds of crap, but they won't, you know, all right, let's, Let's pay, you know, 150 grand a year to a guy to monitor internet streams, but raise the price of the pay-per-view. If you really want to get people to, to stop doing streams and, and, you know, pay for your pay-per-views, make them affordable. Well, and, and you raise a good point, but people are always going to try and get the illegal streams. Uh, you know, there are people that that are in low income that aren't making the money they should. I mean. Uh, and are not willing to pay that money. But right now, WWE is, is cracking down. But I would agree. I, I think that a price cut in pay-per-views and maybe even a pay-per-view cut. We don't need 13 pay-per-views a year. I would say make it more like maybe 8 to 10 pay-per-views a year. There's so many pay-per-views you could cut uh, that don't have any relevance. You know, WrestleMania is a big show. You don't need that February pay-per-view. Survivor Series is a big show. You don't really need one in October to build that up. Even the uh, pay-per-view before SummerSlam. You don't need that one as well. But that's just my term of thinking. Uh, anything else before we wrap this up, Bronx? No, I agree with you. Yeah, that could work too. Cut some of the damn pay-per-views. But, uh, you know, will we see Cena tomorrow night? I tell you, the pay-per-view did accomplish something. I want to see Raw tomorrow night. I'm damn sure going to see it. So it accomplished that. Pretty good wrestling. The ending was weird slash gay. But, it, you know... Not that bad. Anyway, thanks <laughs> for taking the call, bro, and I'll, I'll talk to you. All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow, Bronx. You see what you started, Good JJ? Night. I did. I started a revolution. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. With that said, we actually do have, uh, I believe, one last caller on the line. Welcome to Sunday Night Showdown. I don't know I don't know if I want to take this call. Who's this? Viva la motherfucking revolution. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Trey Dog in the house. What's At on, At the man? end of the day, what you guys need to realize is uh, the dollar. And Vince can't just say, hey, we're going to take a little more money this month because they are a publicly traded company. Before they were publicly traded, Vince could say whatever the hell he wanted. The word was gospel. But that's not the case anymore. So there's where it all boils down to. It's all about the share price for a public company. That seems to be the well, only thing that matters. They're, they're looking for the next Austin that can put out a different T-shirt every month and sell the shit out of it. Well, it's no coincidence you know, that they just haven't found him yet. 
Yeah, it's no coincidence that Cena went from orange to purple overnight for no good reason. I don't imagine yeah. a lot of people had both shirts, but if you didn't like orange, maybe you will like purple. So, other than that, I showed tonight, I thought. Yeah, I, I thought it was a good show. No no recollection. I mean, I, you know, no recollections to five years ago, Trey Dog, nothing to uh nothing to go crazy about? No, I'm not I'm not overly butthurt about anything. Um like Rosie said it'll be an interesting role tomorrow night. Oh absolutely. They definitely have us uh on the edge of our seats wondering what the hell is gonna happen on Raw tonight. I'm looking forward to seeing that show and of course we'll be recapping great, that great backwards booking. Yes. We'll be recapping that tomorrow night, uh, myself and Trey, on Wrestling News Live at 11.30 Eastern, 9.30 Mountain Standard Time, right here on the SNS Radio Network. And we actually do have kind of a big thing going on tomorrow. Not only are we going to be recapping Raw, discussing the fallout from uh, the pay-per-view tonight, but we're also going to have the first official interview, to my knowledge, of a recently released WWE superstar, Luke Gallows, live tomorrow night on Wrestling News Live. Better not bring that Edge Society shit in here. <laughs> well, we're going to have a member of the Straight Edge Society on the show. Will it be a clean and sober? Trey Dog, will it be a clean and sober Wrestling News Live edition tomorrow night? No. Well, it might be clean. <laughs> Won't be sober, nice. probably. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that. It's going to be fun tomorrow night. And uh, some other interviews lined up as well. Excuse me. So, uh, definitely a lot of good things happening with wrestling news. But, uh, that's tomorrow night. This is tonight. And uh, you guys did a great view. I actually had my uh, volume down on the paper view and listening to you guys. So, kudos. Um, well, thanks, Trey. You're starting to break up a little bit. You sound like you're the uh, R2D2. Oh, no, I'm more C3PO. <laughs> I couldn't picture that one, my friend. Well, is there anything else before we wrap things up, brother? No, I just wanted to call in and thank you again for doing what you do. I know that you know a lot of people take for granted the fact you're going to be here every Sunday during a pay-per-view, and you know that's great and all. But I want to remind you that you know JJ pays for the pay-per-view. He has these idiots in his house. You know, makes for a long night with kids and especially when John Cena leaves the company and they all think it's falling but at the end of the day just you know thank you for here on Sundays during pay-per-views so that if we don't want to buy it we can listen and find out what happened well Trey thank you very much to you being called an idiot by you is, is the nicest thing you've ever said to me thank you very <laughs> much well I try Thank you. Thank you, my friend. That actually is a true story. Really? <laughs> it, it's definitely the nicest thing he's ever said to me, so. I don't know who the fuck you are, so you're lucky I didn't even <laughs> talk about you. And really, really, and it stems to all things become <laughs> full circle, and really, Trey, it gets back to our original question we asked many, many moons ago. Who the fuck is Internet Dave? And I appreciated the shout-outs on Monday. I really did. There you go, man. That was for you. I think you get a kick out of that. Yeah, yeah, I did. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Well, Trey, what what did you give the pay per view tonight as far as letter grade? 
Oh, well, I hadn't really thought about it, but um, I think where they're going, I think uh, with what they did, and again, the low butt hurt value, I'm going to go with B, B plus. You're not too far off the mark. I gave it an A. I think Harmony gave it a, a, a B. A, what did you I'm give it? Get an I, a, I an a get an A out of me. Got to really wow my fucking boots off. You know what I mean? I hear you. So a B plus is about as good as it's going to get. Well, that's still a good grade. It's passing. Uh, like I said, I thought it was a good show, but the only thing that was uh, interesting to me was just a very bizarre ending to the show. And I don't mean bizarre as in gold dust. It was just rather strange to watch that pay-per-view end. I guess I missed the strange part because I went and got on the phone after the one, two, three. So. Now, we had John Cena running around the arena for 20 minutes, slapping hands. And at one point, he smiled, and you thought he was going to go back in the ring and do something. And it was just a very, uh, just a very weird ending to weird, the show. Weird, I think, is the correct terminology. It was, it was very strange. No music playing, nothing, no commentary, no Cole, no King. It was just Cena saying goodbye. Sort of. Kind of. Yeah. Well, tomorrow will be the telltale interesting, you know, event. We'll find out, you know, is he really going to be gone for a while? Is, you know, who knows? I mean, who knows what they got planned? Yep. Just great backwards booking where you, you know, used to be you used your free television to, 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 to make people want to buy per view. Now you use your pay per view to make people tune into your free television. This is true. <laughs> it is rather strange. All right, Trey. Well, with that said, I think we're going to wrap things up. I will uh, talk to you tomorrow night for Wrestling News Live. Looking forward to yes. our big interview with Luke Gallows. And, of course, uh, I want to thank Colin Vassilo with WrestlingSlashOnline.com for uh, getting up the plugs for Wrestling News Live on the newsletter. That went out to over 26,000 subscribers today announcing our partnership. If you're not... Uh, a member or a subscriber to the wrestling slash online dot com newsletter, please do so. It is free and you will get it multiple times a week and it'll keep you up to date in the world of professional wrestling. So we are honored to be a part of uh, wrestling online dot com's family. Gonna be a good partnership. I'm looking forward to it. So we'll see you guys. Uh, when will you guys again for a Sunday night show? Uh, TNA in two weeks. Hey, uh, I, everybody's excited about that. I'm getting a request in the chat room. Uh, can you divulge more information on Taboo Turkey Day? Um, yeah, it's real simple. Uh, it goes like this. The new uh, Wrestling News Live Facebook page is open. Thanks to uh, that guy, Ty. Go sign up and become a member of... Yeah, Wrestling News Live Facebook page. Not the group. We're shutting the group down. We wanted to have a normal page instead of the group. So if you're part of the group, become a part of the fam, the, the, the Facebook itself. But uh, basically, here's how it works. If you've got something like to ask myself or JJ, um, well, you ask us. It can be about anything. Real life. Uh, I guess fake life, if you get real life. Um, wrestling related. Wrestling related, whatever you want to know, whatever's been burning in your brain that you've needed the answer to and you've never got it, now's your task on the Facebook page. And uh, we'll do Wrestling News Live at normal tomorrow night, 
but then we will have a special called Taboo Turkey Day available the day before Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll make sure that answer the, the funniest or most original questions, the ones that we picked to be a part of the show, and we'll get on the show for asking the question. So, there you have it. Taboo Turkey Day. Looking forward to it, and we'll be releasing that, of course, this week, uh, I believe, on either Wednesday night, or it will be readily available for you on Thanksgiving Thursday. Uh, so to everyone in the United States, happy Thanksgiving this Thursday, and uh, don't yeah. forget... No Unplugged this Friday night, as I will be taking the night off. It is my birthday, and I'm chilling. I ain't doing nothing. Jack Daniels. Yes, I might be doing that. It'll actually be decent weather on Friday, finally, after uh, minus 20 Celsius for the last seven days. Yeah, that's true. So with that said, I want to thank Trey. I want to thank everyone who called in tonight. Uh, Internet Dave, Mark the Shark DiCarlo, Boom Boom. Of course, I am Mr. Money on the mic, J.J. Sexay. This has been Sunday Night Showdown, and we're going to close it off with a very special and sentimental tribute to John Cena. This is for all the kids out there that love John Cena, and uh, I couldn't think of any better way to take us out tonight right here on Sunday Night Showdown. Guys, we'll talk to you soon. We're out of here.
not see this go. Oh, God. The world is coming to an end. Oh, God. Make it stop. Good night, everybody.